Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and today it is time for GHSA Boys Basketball Bracketology. The state playoffs are here. It will be here tomorrow. There's not a lot of turnaround, so we got to get this stuff out there ASAP. Before we jump into it, Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase March 19th at Chesty High School in Gainesville, Georgia. Got boys action tipping off at 4 p.m. Individual player camp. Come sign up. Get a little boost of exposure before you're all the way into travel ball season, which I know starts earlier and earlier. We would love to have you at Chesity. Each player gets a write-up. We will have videographers there. We will have photographers there. We will have everything in the building March 19th at the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase. Check out sandyspiel.com or check out Kyle Sandy 355 on Twitter for more information. Let's start with Class 7A on the boys' side. Osborne, Region 5, number 3, 16 and 12 overall. Travels to Denmark, the two-seed out of Region 6, 16 and 11. Osborne, maybe a, a, a small bit of a disappointment this year. Uh, I don't know if anyone was expecting Cherokee to be as good as they were, so that pushed Osborne down to that three spot in the region. Osborne um, was able to come away with that three-seed after they defeated... Let's see who they defeated in Region 5. Uh, they knocked off Walton in overtime, 55-51, which was really, really big uh, to avoid that four spot. So Osborne, of course, uh, a lot of talent. I really love Justin McCarter's game. I think he's a really good six foot five swing man. Um, Keyshawn McPherson's really tough at inside-out presence. And, of course, Akai Fleming gets a lot of the headlines, has high major offers as a sophomore. So they do have a lot of firepower. They're super battle-tested playing Cherokee, playing Wheeler, playing North Cobb, uh, playing Walton. They, that, you know, that was only, a, uh, what, a six-team region. Even Kennesaw Mountain wasn't that bad. But all those teams were tough as nails. So Osborne, um, they're, 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 they're battle-tested. Now they're playing a Denmark team. Uh, as we mentioned, the two seed out of Region 6. They've had some guys in and out of the lineup this year, but Stefan Davidov is a really good shooter, can really score the ball, gets to his spots well. Keenan McFarlane is a, close to 7 feet tall inside, about 6 foot 10. Uh, just alter shots, rebounds, gets some dunks down low. So Denmark has some, uh, some, some pieces to contend with, with Osborne, but I do like Osborne to win this game. Next up, Collins Hill, 16-12, the four seed out of Region 8 versus Norcross, 23-4, Region 7, number one. Norcross is currently ranked number four in the state. I like Norcross in this game. They just have so many options to choose from, of course, as every year they hit the transfer market really hard to um, fill in for London Johnson, who graduated. Got a whole new cast of characters. Uh, Mari Jordan transferring in. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Bilal Abdur-Rahman. Uh, I just think they have so much firepower. Now, I don't know if they shoot the ball well enough from the perimeter. I mean, I saw them play one game this year, and they hit two jump shots all game. And that's not even saying threes. Just two jump shots in total when they were beat by Pebble Brook. Uh, you stop dribble penetration against Norcross, you have an opportunity. But they have so many great athletes. Mir Panoam um, was a region player of the year in that region. Had a great season. Um, so it's going to be difficult. And I, I think that uh, Colin Sill, you know, Keyshawn uh, has had a Keyshawn Hampton a really good season. But I just don't think they have the horses to match up with Norcross. 
Harrison, three seed, 12 and 14 out of Region 3, travels to Newton, 17 and 10, Region 4, number two, Newton wins this game. Ja'Kai Newton has been coming back, getting healthier and healthier after missing the you know, vast majority of the season. I just came back maybe five, six games ago against Wheeler and uh, Archer, where I believe was his first game. Um, so Newton, of course, Stephon Castle, UConn, uh, McDonald's All-American. Uh, Harrison's going to have nothing for them. Harrison, of course, does have Jordan Howe inside. I really like him. Really strong physical forward, but only about six foot four. And he's, you know, he, you know, he, he's not going to be able to win a game by himself. It's just going to be way too tough. Newton should be able to rock and roll on Harrison. Next up, Pebble Brook. Every year we're told Pebble Brook, it's their year to win the state championship. Is it going to be this year? Who knows, but they gave themselves no favors by slipping all the way to the four seed in Region 2, 17-10. Um, and 10. They were defeated by Carrollton, 54-52. Carrollton, Sandy Spill Fall League champs. We have some pretty good teams playing over there at East Paulding each fall. If you want to play against the best, you might want to come check out that league. Ask Osborne. They were in there. Uh, Carrollton, so on and so forth. A ton of state playoff teams. Christian Heritage. We'll, 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 we'll mention that later, but just trust me. We have really good basketball being played at my events. Anyway, um, but, and then Pebblebrook loses in overtime to Campbell, 80-72. to Now, Pebblebrook has some great wins. They've beaten some of the top teams in the state this year. Beat Grayson. Watched them beat Norcross. They have a good handful of wins over the top teams. Um, did they beat McEachin as well, possibly? I don't have it in front of me right now, but they have really – uh, really beat a lot of good teams this year, but slipping and falling to the four seed at this time of the year, this current junction, not exactly what you want to see. And they go to Lowndes. Lowndes, that's going to be a long trip. Lowndes with Samuel Shoptal, a really good crafty guard, really good uh, player that's got some Division One stuff going on already as an underclassman. And then, of course, Demarcus Black is a really good athlete. Now, Lowndes has, uh, I think it's Landon New inside, uh, is, a, is a big body. But uh, Lowndes doesn't have as much uh, firepower as Pebblebrook. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily guess. I know they do have some good athletes and some guys that can shoot the ball. Um, but Pebblebrook has some really well-established guys. John Simon uh, going to Dayton is a really, you know, a, a handful of a forward. Uh, of course, they have some really good guards um, that have really picked up the slack. So Pebblebrook's really, really tough. They're going to be really hard for Lowndes to contend with. Lowndes does have some athleticism, but I do think um, Pebblebrook is just going to be uh, too tough, and I think they'll be able to be a road warrior during the postseason and pick up this win at Lowndes. Next up, West Forsyth, 11-17, Region 6, 3 seed versus Cherokee, Region 5, number 2, 21-6. Cherokee is ranked number 8 in the state. This is a lower quadrant on the left-hand side. Cherokee's been phenomenal all season long. They move the ball so exceptionally well. They have so many guys that can shoot the ball, but it's not just shooting the three. They can get to their spots in the mid-range. Tayden Owens is really tough. Cameron Pope is so darn consistent. He is such a good player. You got Daston Hart inside. They don't have a deep bench at all, and they don't have a ton of size, but Daston Hart at about six foot five can play above the rim, is physical enough, can even step outside and shoot the three. Um, Lawrence Sanford is a really talented sophomore uh, that can score in bunches off the bench. Uh, Mason Bennett is a pit bull defender. And Braylon Giddens is a real unsung hero that really makes his team go. They, they just play so well together. And West Forsyth has battled injuries. Will Moore didn't play this year. Sam Maynard has stepped up. But Cherokee 
Cherokee's really, really good. I think Cherokee's firepower is just going to be way too much, way too much for West Forsyth in this one. And I like the the Warriors uh, to advance to the next round. Next up, Berkmar, 13 and 15. It did not end up being a good season for Berkmar. Tumultuous guys coming in and out of the roster. Region 7, 4 seed. They traveled to Buford, 20 and 6. Region 8, number 1, Buford. A team that had a bunch of transfers that were ruled ineligible and had to disperse, but Benji Wood did a really good job with this team. Had a lot of talent left over from last year's roster, and I think Buford wins this game. They had to contend with Makai Raglan inside a really big six foot eight post presence that moved into Burkmar this year. Has been tough for them. But Buford, Cameron Kelly's a really good defensive player. London um, Williams is a banger that plays the power forward spot. They have good enough guard play. I like this Buford team to win. Uh, I like this team. Even David Burnett, really good swing man. I like Buford to win. Next up, Parkview, 14 and 13. Region 4, number 3 versus Hillgrove, 15 and 10. The two seed out of Region 3. Gosh, Parkview is not the three seed you want to see. That team is uber talented. Um, they have uh, Jacob Wilkins, who is skyrocketing into potentially becoming the best sophomore in the state of Georgia at six foot seven, jumps out of the gym, does a lot of things well. You got uh, Mike Matthews is a stud athlete at point guard. Chaz Holmes knocks down shots. Uh, Adonis Mussey is a shot blocker as well. They have length, they have athleticism, they have good guard play. Um, but they're really up and down. Like They'll look great one game, and then the next game they'll come out flat. But they're coming out of the best region in the state, hands down. Region 4 was a sickening gauntlet. When you talk about Archer not even making the state playoffs, um, it was just incredible. Grayson in there, Newton, South Gwinnett, just a murderer's row. So Parkview is, I know we repeat this phrase a lot, but battle-tested, yes. Any team that comes out of Region 4, they have legitimately seen the best of the best. Parkview wins this game. Too much talent for Hillgrove. Next up, Colquitt County. 5-19, and 19, the four seed out of Region 1. They play Carrollton, Region 2, champs 20-6. and six. I know heading into the season we saw Carrollton moving up from, I believe, 6A to 7A. But, boy, we're in a really tough region. We have teams that like to, um, you know, add firepower to the roster in the offseason. It's going to be really tough. Well, Carrollton was able um, to maintain that momentum of last year's team i believe that made it to the elite eight really peaked at the right time then you see caleb odom transfer in from villa rica gives them that six foot six forward wing forward type player that can contend with some of these top players as far as his athleticism and length goes um Keyshawn pace is a really good player going to reinhardt a wiry guard plays super hard ob Watkins is a, a, a floor general, a, a true running back on the on the court, just is so good at getting to the rim. You got Hudson Blackman, Eli Pippins, good shooters that know their role on the perimeter. This Carrollton team is really good. And I, I, I won't forget watching Carrollton play at Buford during that Buford Invitational. I'm sitting courtside, and a lot of these people thought, what do you, what do you know about Carrollton? Are, are these guys any good? I said, wow, wow, you guys don't know about Carrollton? Carrollton is really good, and Carrollton proved me right because I had them in the top ten for a good chunk of this season, and look at them going out, winning the region championship. This Carrollton team is for real. They're in West Georgia. I know they don't get as much love as Gwinnett and Cobb County, but damn, those guys can play, and I think they will beat Colquitt County. Top right-hand side, 
we have Camden County, 14 and 13, the three seed out of Region 1 versus Westlake. Region 2, number 2, Westlake, 16 and 11. They were a real monkey wrench in that Region 2. Ended up capturing the one seed in the regular season. They beat Campbell in the semifinals, 48-46, before falling to Carrollton, 65-55. Westlake is tough. Rodriguez Rouse inside, Tyler Husband on the perimeter. This is a, a, a team that doesn't have necessarily the star power, heavy hitter names, but they play really well together. They were able to beat Pebblebrook multiple times this year, so they can beat those, those highly ranked teams, Carrollton as well. Um, Westlake's good, and Westlake will beat Camden County. Next up, South Gwinnett, the four seed out of Region 4. Not your typical four seed. Number nine in the state at 18 and 10, but they traveled to McEachern, 21 and 6. Region 3, number one. McEachern, number two in the state, loaded with talent. Ace Bailey going to Rutgers. Um, Jamichael Davis going to Rutgers, who came from LFO. Uh, all those other transfers they brought in. <laughs> Moses Hips is a, a catch and shoot, really quick three point shooter. Uh, J.D. Palm, you know, this, this roster was built in the offseason, and they have as much talent as anybody. And South Gwinnett plays a really good style of basketball. They're tough. They're gritty. They defend. Uh, Justin Redmond's a really good guard. You have other good guards, uh, like Ansar Osmond's more of a 6'6 wing, but he provides that length. Kendall Walker's tough. Jacob Washington's tough. Jet Horn's tough. All these guys are tough sons of guns. They are going to give McEachin everything they want. But at the end of the day, McEachin's just going to be too big and too talented and just too good. And I like McEachin to advance past South Gwinnett. Next up, North Gwinnett, 12 and 16, Region 7, number 3. They play Mill Creek, 19 and 8, Region 8, number 2. Mill Creek ended up having a really good year. Uh, did not capture that region title uh, but they were able to grab the one seed in the regular season. They beat uh, Mountain View 65-56 in the semifinals and lose by five to Buford in that region championship. Trajan Greco, the region player of the year. Matthew Welch in his first year, the coach of the year for Mill Creek. Uh, they have a really good backcourt. Greco's really good. You add in Jonathan Taylor, a senior that's uh, flown under the radar his entire career, but has always been a really steady, solid uh, combo guard out there. And then the big boys that have transferred in have really helped out. Um, one of them being a, a, a local kid, I guess you could say, that hasn't transferred in, but Nate Arrow's been really good for them. Um, but Steven Akwewu, probably mispronounced that, but he is a, a big body. He's a physical presence. He's an impact maker, a game changer for them, and they really strengthened that Mill Creek up front. Now, North Gwinnett, uh, they graduated so much from last year's team, but Julian Walker, about six foot seven. Defensive player of the year in Region 7, a really good player. And Blake Seitz has had a really good season as a 6'6 wing, but I do like Mill Creek to advance in this one. Next up, Milton versus Wheeler, a state championship game. No, 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 no. This is a first-round matchup. Milton slips to the four seed with Josh Dixon injured. Everything's kind of falling apart for them. Four seed out of Region 6 at 19-9. and nine. Now they travel to Wheeler, 21-6. and six. Region 5, number one, number one in the state. Have played a national schedule. Have not yet lost in the state of Georgia. The hardest thing to do is to win a state championship in 7A as the favorite. But Larry Thompson has won with targets on his back before. They're hungry after losing to Grovetown last year in the Elite Eight in Class 6A. They will defeat Milton, even though Milton has some nice players. Devin Rush. Uh, Seth Fitzgerald, but you're just asking way too much. They don't have enough size, and if Josh Dixon is not fully healthy, 
uh, you know, you're just leaving them out to the wolves for Isaiah Collier, the, the All-American, and uh, Arrington Page and company. Just way too many transfers in the offseason and way too many good players that were already in place from last year's team. Wheeler should win this one. Bottom right-hand side, Campbell, 17-11. and 11, Region 2, number 3, travels to Valdosta, 15-10, and 10, the two-seed out of Region 1. David Clark has had a terrific year this year for Campbell, and I think he is going to go on the road, go to South Georgia, and showcase just how good of a player he really is. Six foot six, six foot seven, junior guard, swingman, really good player. Some other guys from Campbell have stepped up uh, consistently throughout the year uh, for Coach Gwynn, and I like Campbell to go down there and beat Valdosta. Next up, Marietta. Marcus Hood, somehow, some way, he can have a very small number on the left side of his record, but somehow, some way he outcoaches people and gets Marietta into the state tournament. Five and twenty-three, the four seed out of region three. It was an ugly year for them, but they're still in the state playoffs. And now they play Grayson 21 and 5. The number one team coming out of region four, of course, Grayson was able to defeat Newton for that region championship 62-49. Chad Moody is such a defensive anchor for them. He was a defensive player of the year. Of course, Jakari Harris has had some monster games. The juniors really elevating his play. And then where they had the big advantage is inside. Amir Taylor's a really good young player. Uh, C.J. Highland transferred in, provided some outside scoring and some ball handling. Uh, Long story short, Grayson should win this game by a large margin. Next up, Mountain View, 14-13, Region 8, number 3, versus Peachtree Ridge, 21-6, Region 7, number 2. Now, Peachtree Ridge has not been ranked at all this year. They do have a win over Norcross as their, their signature W of the season, but then they did lose to Norcross 71-48 just recently in that region championship game. Connor Teasley is a kid that is really starting to open up some eyes. He's a good young underclassman guard, um, and he's been, you know, he's been good. And then Kush uh, Shahan, again, mispronounced the name, but super athletic Really bouncy swing, man. I like uh, just the tools he has. Can shoot from the perimeter some as well. He can play above the rim. I think Mountain View might struggle here. Mountain View, if they're knocking down threes, they can win. If not, it's going to be a struggle. I like Mountain View's guards. Bronson Blair's really good. Mike White is a strong physical guard as well. And CJ Johnson's good. But I think Peachtree Ridge, even though, um, you know, 21 wins, Region 7, uh, they had that Norcross one. I mean, that's the one thing they can hold their hat on. That is a big signature win that they can beat pretty much anybody or play with anybody. I, I just think they're going to be too strong for Mountain View, so I do think the Lions advance. And lastly, bottom right-hand side, Walton, 17-11, and 11, four seed out of Region 5 versus Lambert, 20-7, and seven, Region 6 champs. Lambert has not yet been ranked all season long, but Lambert is tough. They have good guards. They're going to come at you with the region player of the year, Nico Wilson, averaging over 18 points per game. Cameron Bland uh, came up huge in the region tournament. He's a super talented young player that also thrives on the football field. James Tyree is a good uh, guard. Keenan Gagan Gagan was an honorable mention pick. So all these guys, Lambert's been good, good, good all season long. Um, again, the resume has kind of held them back from making it to the top 10, um, but they swept Milton when Milton was uh, closer to being healthy, and Walton's tough. Walton's really well coached, obviously. Luke Flynn is a Division One prospect, the junior. 
and then um, they have some size inside that can make a, a real difference around the rim. But I do think Lambert wins this game, and I like them to advance to the next round. So now the bulletin board material, time to pick my final four teams. If that wasn't enough to upset people picking against their teams. Top left-hand side, I have Norcross seeing Newton in the Elite Eight. And I think I'm going to go with Norcross to win this game. I know these two teams, if I am not mistaken, hooked up earlier in the season. And we were able to see uh, Norcross won that game. I believe it was a... Was a uh, Bilal made a, a big shot to win that game. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm not not wrong, that was a long time ago. But 73-71, uh, that was a, a big win against uh, Newton. But either way, I like Norcross to win this game again. Even though Newton's healthier, I feel like Norcross has, uh, has more experience taking deep runs into the state tournament. Well, as, whereas Newton has had all this great talent, but it just... They've just been running running into some tough competition and hitting a wall deep into the playoffs. I know last year uh, Newton was put out by Norcross 75-72, so these games are always high scoring when they hook up and they're always close, but I like Norcross to continue to be a thorn in their side. Bottom left-hand quadrant. This could be anyone. I'm looking at Cherokee's legitimately uh, contender, Buford, Parkview, uh, Carrollton. This could be that... This the the quadrant that goes you know buck wild crazy because there's not a blue chip uh, a blue chip blue blood that's on this side so you're gonna see a, a a significant underdog make it to the final four and contend with either Newton or Norcross or whoever comes out maybe Pebble Brook um, this is gonna be the quadrant where a lot of people are gonna be interested to see what happens what I have I see Cherokee playing Carrollton in the Elite Eight and I think. Um, Carrollton finds a way. I think Caleb Odom is a factor with his defense. Uh, I think Carrollton matches up fairly well with Cherokee because they do have good guards as well, and they are a team that also knows their role. But, man, oh, man, oh, man, it is tough to pick against Cherokee. They just swing the ball uh, so so efficiently, knock down so many outside shots. And don't forget, they were up 10 points on Wheeler the first time they played them. Obviously, the next two times um, – they lost and lost in a, a, a much larger fashion. Um, but Cherokee is tough. They're not afraid of anybody. But I think I'm going to stick with Carrollton just barely to make it to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, uh, this is really your state championship game, I think. Number one versus number two, Wheeler versus McEachern. Wheeler, Wheeler uh, has had the roses thrown at them all season long, and rightfully so. But McEachern has just as much talent. But... Again, Larry Thompson on the sidelines. He has won these big games before. Uh, Coach Tremaine Ancrum, this is his second year on the job. Um, he has a really talented squad. He's going to really have uh, his hands full against Wheeler, but he has the horses to do it, and Ace Bailey can take over any single game he plays. And Jermichael Davis, man, uh, Jermichael Davis was really, really good at LFO last year, so don't think that he just came over to McEachin and became a superstar. This kid has been well-established for a long time now. I think he is really good enough to offset what Isaiah Collier does, and I'm tempted to pick McEachin, but I just want to go based off track record. Wheeler hasn't lost a game in the state of Georgia. Wheeler is hungry from last year's uh, early exit. Uh, they have a McDonald's All-American and like I said, Coach Thompson has multiple rings to his name, 
and they are always a very, very tough team and really good defensively. Great matchup. I think everybody in the state in the Elite Eight, if these two teams hook up, need to be there. But I do have Wheeler advancing to the next round. Bottom right-hand side, I am looking at a matchup between Grayson and Lambert. I think Lambert has a good enough guard play to knock off a few teams, but Grayson, I think that's where it ends. Too big inside, and then Anthony Olsen is a a really up-and-coming good young guard that's been playing very well this season. I like Grayson to make it to the Final Four. So we have Norcross versus Carrollton on the left-hand side. I think Norcross, the defending state champs, get over Carrollton and make it to the state championship game again. And then Grayson versus Wheeler. Grayson has always been snake bit in the state playoffs, and I think this snake is going to be bitten again um, with Wheeler, uh, again, who has been a thorn in their side in the postseason in years past. I just think Wheeler, they just have so much. Grayson definitely capable of winning this game. But I'm not going to be the one to pick against Wheeler and what they've been able to do this year. So I like Wheeler to play Norcross in a battle of true blue bloods. Uh, Two teams, again, that are always uh, really strengthening their roster in the offseason. And I think Wheeler uh, just added more pieces. Maybe Ricky McKenzie comes in and knocks down a couple shots in this game. I think Wheeler has some better outside shooting than Norcross. And Wheeler is really, really good. And I think Wheeler defeats Norcross in what would be a really fun, good matchup. But if Wheeler gets past McEachern, I think, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, shoot. You, you beat McEachern, you beat Grayson, and then you make it to the, <laughs> the state championship game. I mean, that would be clearing literally every hurdle in their way, taking the tough route to get to a state championship. But I do like Wheeler to win it all. Up next is Class 6A. Class 6A on the top left-hand side. Just looking at this, this is the sweet spot. This is, um, on paper, probably the weakest uh, quadrant, considering that you don't have the, uh, a lot of ton of juggernauts up here, just a lot of good, solid quality teams, but there's not a huge amount of superstar power that you're scared of. I think a lot of these teams in these quadrants, I think pretty much almost every game out of these two, four, six, eight, um, eight teams out of these uh, four games, I think anybody could win all these games. There's not one one game where I feel like there's a, oh, they're no doubt for sure going to win this game. I think every underdog in this, every lower seed, feels like they have a real shot at winning, and that's going to make for some fun stuff. But we'll start at the top left-hand side. Langston Hughes, Region 5, number 3. They are ranked number 8 in the state, 19-8 and eight overall. They were upset by South Paulding after beating them twice in the regular season. They got knocked off and sent to the three spot. Um, they play River Ridge, who's been a surprise this year. They lose the seven-footers, um, but they've been really good. Coach Aaron Darling has done a terrific job, really in the discussion for Coach of the Year. River Ridge is a two-seed out of Region 6, 20-7 overall. They even beat Etowah um, late in the regular season. Um, but this is going to be a tough matchup for them. Langston Hughes, you know, Region 5 is the strongest region in the state. It's super deep. Uh, John McQueen is back healthy now after missing a good portion of the season. Now, Langston Hughes doesn't have their uh, football players that make a really big difference for them, but they do have uh, really good guard play. Randy Latham's a really quick playmaker, and they have some other good uh, players around him. they got some size inside that transferred in Jalen Colbert. 
Uh, Hassan Diallo goes out there and rebounds really well. I think they're going to be just too big and too athletic, too physical for River Ridge, um, who has, again, had a really good season. Uh, you got a lot of production out of David Hansraj. Uh, that lefty's a really good, well-rounded scorer and a good rebounder for a guard. He's been really tough for them. Jackson Head back from the football field going to play at Gardner-Webb football. Um, really just a, a steadying presence, even though they pl- they don't play a lot of their big guys. But he's about 6'3", 6'4", plays really big because he's just so strong. Uh, Britt Sine was an honorable mention selection. And then Jay McCord, their point guard, is an all-downhill get-to-the-basket guy. But Rory Welsh's time of year is extremely scary to play. Rory always has his teams in prime position to make deep runs. And even when he loses, it feels like he wins. That loss to uh, uh, South Paulding, uh, that might have been a blessing in disguise uh, because they have a very nice quadrant. And if they can take this first-round game and you know rebuild their confidence, where I'm sure it's not even that far falling off, they are in a good spot to make another deep run to a Final Four. So I like Langston Hughes to beat River Ridge. Next up, 15 and 12, North Forsyth, the four seed out of Region 8 versus the seven. Region 7 champs, Blessed Trinity, 21 and 6. Um, not often do you see good big men going up against each other in round one. You got Cole Kerouac, about 6 foot 10, going up against uh, Blessed Trinity's uh, Brigham Rogers, who's 6 foot 8, 6 foot 9, going to Belmont. Highly skilled, highly physical. Um, Kerouac is going to be an interesting game to see how he manages that physicality of Rogers because Rogers uh, has great post moves, will take you off the dribble, scores through contact, is very exceptional, very well rounded. Kerouac, uh, you know, can finish off lobs, he blocks shots, can step outside and knock down the three every once in a while. Very good matchup, but I think Blessed Trinity, when you take into account Ty Harpering as being a, a really good guard, uh, can help score the ball and take some of that scoring burden off of Brigham Rogers' shoulders. So I do like Blessed Trinity to win this one, even though North Forsyth does have Braden Mullis and company, some good players. But Blessed Trinity has been a, a little bit better all season long. Region champs, I like BT to win at home. Next up, Woodward, Region 3, number 3, 22-5. Woodward Academy plays Riverwood, 18-10, Region 4, number 2. Riverwood knocked off Marist in that region semifinal matchup to put them in the two spot. Uh, of course, Marist, um, they beat Marist by a score of, if I can pull it up quickly, uh, they beat Marist 61-59, to a real close game. And the problem with Riverwood for other teams is they can score the ball. Karis Bilal's committed to play at Vanderbilt. Jalen Leonard is a really big scorer as well. You've got two guys that score over 20 points per game. Um, Buck Jenkins is a really good coach. Woodward is going to have their hands full. Uh, I really do like Brandon Peters over there at Woodward. He's a really rock-solid guard. Uh, Deke Cooper, uh, he's got potential to be a really good player. He's got potential. He's about six foot five on the wing. Um, but if Brandon Peters, I just I feel like he needs more consistent scoring help around him because he's asked to do a lot and he can shoulder a lot. But you're going to have to have a lot of firepower to beat Riverwood, and I think that could be tough for Woodward Academy. But I think I'm going to go with Woodward. I feel like they've been a little bit better than Riverwood throughout the season. 
They're going to go on the road. I'm going to go with the War Eagles, but I think Riverwood is in a really good spot here to make some noise and make it to the Sweet 16, but I'm going with Woodward. Evans, 14-13, Region 2, number 4, travels to Lee County, 24-3, Region 1, number 1. Lee County is ranked number 10 in the state. They've had a terrific season. They have a true playmaking guard that averages a ton of assists. The player of the year, DJ Taylor, makes that offense go. You got Ozman Chroma. I believe he's a football player, a big-time athlete. Gets some highlight dunks here and there. And then Lee County also has uh, a couple other talented players on the roster that balances them out. Uh, Braylon Chaney's good. Mark Sade is an honorable mention selection. Christian Brown was a first-team pick for Lee County. And Josiah Parker is an interesting six foot six point forward. I like Lee County to win this game. Evans, of course, has seen some really good teams in Region 2, but Lee County, Lee County at home, and it feels like the past few years, Lee County's always been a really tricky team to play come state tournament time. Um, they win a lot of games over there at Lee County. They need to get a little bit more respect, I feel like, but they're in the top 10, and I'm putting my respect on their name. I like Lee County to make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, we have Sequoia versus South Paulding in that bottom uh, portion of the left-hand side. South Paulding actually played Sequoia earlier in the season, but before we talk about that, let's set the table. Sequoia, 17-11, the three-seed out of Region 6. South Paulding playing their best basketball of the season, 21-7, the two-seed in Region 5. Uh, they are currently ranked number seven in the state. They knocked off Langston Hughes to get to the championship game. And then we're up 10 at the half on Alexander, but saw it slip away against Alexander 54-50 in the region championship. Uh, when these two teams played earlier in the season, Preston Parker, uh, Alabama Huntsville, six foot five guard, did not play for Sequoia. And South Paulding won that game 67-56 at Sequoia. Uh, it's going to be a lot different matchup this go around uh, obviously with Sequoia being healthy and then Brendan Toussaint was really really good against South Paulding in their first meeting uh, had a, a huge game with 26 points Tyson Darby chipped in 14 points Tyler Hammond was held to seven points but that's going to be the key we know Toussaint's going to be able to score and primarily Preston Parker is going to be hell on wheels out there he's going to want this team to advance to the next round he's going to do everything in his power to do so um Finding those third scoring options it has been really important for Sequoia all season long. Uh, they have to find other scoring outside of Preston Parker and Toussaint. And Hammond has been that guy uh, early on in the season, and he has to uh, you know, regain that form if he's still out there for the Chiefs. Um, one thing that's going in Sequoia's favor, uh, South Paulding isn't great at home. They're not bad, but... South Paulding is 6-3 at home compared to 2-12 uh, away from home. They're a really, really, really good road team um, at home. Uh, it's not like they're getting blown out at home per se, but it's a little bit tougher at home. But they're going to have a good student section there. I think South Paulding with Jeremiah Taylor has been a terrific player, a really good junior college option, averaging close to 20 points per game. His athleticism 
and his ability to get in that lane and get to his little push shot floater, that's going to be a major problem for Sequoia. You're talking about Andrew Levine. If he's shooting the ball, he can get really hot. He's the type of player that I'm sure Alan Carden would love to have at Sequoia. He fits that mold as a guy that moves without the ball and can knock down perimeter shots. But he's he's Gil Davis's, and he is a guy that can really blow up quickly. He's a uh, has a school record for most points in a game. I think he dropped in like 39 points earlier this year against Villarica. So he can get going. Randy Harris is a really good wiry on-ball defender. And then the size inside for South Folding. It's, it's not really there, but Isaiah Luque has really come on strong. as just being a glue guy and does the dirty work along with Gio Thomas. And then also on the perimeter, you got uh, Sean Lynch, who's just a, a savvy guard. And then David Williams is an X-Factor, as a six-foot-four swingman. So I like South Paulding to win this game. It's going to be really tough. Uh, they have to close out on shooters and just have to be connected defensively and throw different looks at Preston Parker and company. But South Paulding is a better team than Sequoia. And if they're able to protect home court, I think they'll be uh, in a good position to make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, going to be tough, but I like South Paulding to win this one. Next up, Sprayberry, 13 and 15, Region 7, number 4 versus Lanier, 23 and 4, Region 8, number 1. Lanier is third in the state. I think Lanier has the best front court in the state of Georgia. Osmar Garcia and then also Jace Nathaniel, those guys are big and they're in incredibly extremely talented the thing with them they do so much it's not just oh they they score inside or they they do everything jace nathaniel has become such a good perimeter player he will shoot the three um obviously he's good around the rim um he can do a lot the one thing is just like make sure he's not he floats don't 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 float too far away from the basket consistently because if you're a smaller team you would love to see a six foot eight kid just shoot threes instead of go inside uh but nathaniel does a really good job of balancing his offense and then osmar garcia um such a great point forward the best point forward we have in georgia incredible passer so strong a, a, a great rebounder only knock on him is that he doesn't really play above the rim and when he's uh when he plays on the perimeter he's not going to shoot from the perimeter he's not a very good outside shooter you know as a defender uh, that he is going to be facilitating and he's looking to cut you up so that's something i would think that teams should know by now to game plan against Uh, if osmar has the ball on the perimeter he is looking to pass and he makes great passes you just have to be very smart and be keen and know how to shut down those passing lanes but all that being said i love this lanier team I think they're very, very good. I think they have uh, the right pieces. Landon Soares is a three-point specialist. Uh, they got a couple other guys that can really shoot the three-ball well. I like Lanier to win this game, and I like Lanier to win a couple games in the state tournament. Next up, we move on to Marist, 19-8. and eight. They fell to the three-seed in Region 4. They play Lovejoy, 15-13, and 13, Region 3, number 2. Lovejoy's playing their best basketball of the season. I really like what Willie Reese does. They move the ball well. Um, DeMarco Davis is a tough kid. He's a real tough guard. Uh, moved in from, like, Griffin Christian. Six-foot tall, but well-built, really athletic, shoots the ball well. He's going to have to play a, a really big factor for Lovejoy. And then Nicholas Jones-Hill, six-foot-four swingman, Pretty good defender, but I think Marist, uh, knowing that they screwed up and got sent to that 3-4 spot, they have something to prove. They've been a really good team all year long, good defensively, really well balanced, don't have one particular huge score, but um, Luke Harpering's been really good this year. He's really come on strong for this team, and uh, I believe he's going to continue to do that for Marist. Uh, just looking at what he's been averaging this year, uh, he's really upped his game last year. He was 
more of a, a, a role player in a deep team, but he's up to 13 points per game. This season has been good, and they have a lot of options, and I think they're very well coached. So I think they're going to be able to go to Lovejoy. Tough environment, but I think they will be able to beat Lovejoy. Next up, Houston County, 14-13. Four seed out of Region 1. Grovetown, 18-8. Region 2 champs. They're starting to kill teams again. Uh, sounds like they might be back healthy. They really took their lumps in the non-region schedule. They lost pretty badly to some national powerhouses, but then they did have some weird losses throughout the season, like Jones County, Clifton, uh, a couple other um, good teams, not great teams, were able to knock off Grovetown, but they're, they have ascended back to the number one ranked team in the state. They still have everyone from last year's team. They're so big. I know a lot of people think of them as just this scary beast no one wants to see, and I know Houston County is not going to want to see them. So Grovetown, um, this game's probably going to get ugly. I think they have their sights set on a second state title. Uh, just too much talent, too much size. Grovetown wins that one. Top right-hand side, Tiff County 20-6, Region 1, number 3 versus Brunswick, Region 2, number 2, 21-6. Brunswick has experience playing Grovetown. They actually played them um, fairly competitive in one of their matchups, but uh, it, it sure as heck was not this last game uh, when they lost in the region championship 89-55. to But Camarion Johnson's a really good player, a guy that puts up like 21 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, three steals, one block a game, a really good senior that carries a load for them. Tiff County coming out of Region 1. Um, the fact that they have to travel uh, will make it a little bit tougher for them. If Tiff County had this as a home game, I'd like Tiff to win this one, but Brunswick at home. And having just gotten slapped around by Grovetown, I mean, Tiff County is no Grovetown. They know it, it, it only gets easier from there. So I do like Bro, uh, Brunswick to rebound and bounce back and make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, South Cobb, 13 and 14, Region 4, number 4. They play Jonesboro, Region 3, number 1. Um, South Cobb has some talent on the roster. They have some length. They had some guys move in. Uh, Josh Miles was a first-team all-region selection, good little guard there. Um, Dante Harrison is a move-in that can score the ball very, very well. Jermaine Freeman, so they have, they have pieces. They definitely have pieces, South Cobb, and they do have a couple rangy uh, swingmen as well that will help out. Uh, they're playing Jonesboro 22-3. and three. They uh, haven't played a ton of really good teams in the state of Georgia. Now, they went out, and they I believe they went to Tennessee, and they went to Myrtle Beach, and that's where they saw some of their best competition. Um, the only loss they have in the state of Georgia was to McEachern, where they, were, they actually outscored McEachern in three of the four quarters, but Ace Bailey just went berserk. I think it was in maybe the third quarter and put that game away. Um, but that's really the only good team they've seen in the state of Georgia this year outside of um, Woodward, who slipped all the way to the three seed. And so I do have some questions about Jonesboro. They've had some guys um, shuffle out of the program in the middle of the season. Um, it's, you know They have all those Forest Park transfers that have obviously played a big role this year. Montez Redding, uh, back eligible. Um, also, their bowling ball, Jacquez Akins, has been really, really good at getting to the rim. They have a lot of lefties in this line. They have like three or four of their guards are left-handed, so that's interesting to note as a coach if you've got the scout on Jonesboro. Um, they play hard. They're not very big. Six foot four is about as tall as they go. They have an injury to one of their starting forwards. Uh, Terman is, is out. I think he broke his wrist, so he's been out. Um, 
a, a veteran guy for them is unable to suit up Malik Terman, a six foot four forward, so that pushes them to even more of a small ball lineup. I think Jason Isaac can be a really key factor for them. Obviously, Devon Rainey is um, their go-to guy, their best player, has done a really good job scoring the ball. He was the player of the year in Region Three. Um, but I don't know. They, they, they're going to have to knock down some outside shots if they want to make a really deep run at it. Uh, but they play really hard, and Jonesboro is going to be a super tough place to play. And Jonesboro has been, been very good all season. They did just drop in their rankings to number four. No fault of their own, per se. They, they've handled all their business. Um, but I, I don't, I, I'm interested to see what, what they do once they get to the Elite Eight. Uh, they should be able to beat South Cobb. I think they win their Sweet 16 matchup, and then the Elite Eight, it could get very tough potentially seeing Alexander. But I do like Jonesboro. Good team. Um, I think they're getting better defensively, especially on ball and then rotating as well, closing out on shooters. I like Jonesboro to beat South Cobb. Next up, Alpharetta, 16-12, and 12, Region 7, number 3 seed. They will be traveling to play Shiloh, 14-14, and 14, Region 8, number 2. Shiloh is going to be an issue with that length in Tylus Jordan, 6'7", swingman. Emmanuel Okogi is a veteran guard in the backcourt. Uh, but Alpharetta's had a really good season. They've been a little up and down, but for the most part, it's been up for Alpharetta. This has been their best team in a long time. Josh Unger was a first-team all-region selection. Christian Brown's second team along with Jacob Bryant. Um, so they've been a, a, a good team, but I think Shiloh still just has that toughness. Um, you know, Coach Kim over there really always has his team playing super stingy defense. And I think it's just going to be challenging for Alpharetta to go into Gwinnett. That's, uh, you know, Fulton County, much different than uh, North Fulton, much different from the belly of the beast over there in Gwinnett. So I think Shiloh uh, is able to get this win based on toughness and uh, just having seen some really good teams throughout the season. Next up, Rome, 15-13, and 13, Region 6, number 4 versus Alexander. Region 5 champs, 22-5, and 5, just dropped to number 2 in the state after being ranked number 1 for um, the second half of this season. Pretty much uh, a good long time now, probably 5, 6, 7, 8 weeks in a row. It feels like they've been number 1, if not longer. Uh, Alexander, they don't have a ton of depth, but they have so much size. Now, Jaquan Nelson uh, is still going to be suspended for this game after getting ejected in the semifinals. He did not play in that region championship. He is their key uh, acquisition in the offseason coming from Rome. Uh, Big-time scorer that averaged 20 points per game at Rome last year. And throughout close games this season for Alexander, he has been their closer. In the fourth quarter, they turned to Jaquan Nelson to score on the perimeter. That's a guy that can catch fire against anybody and pour in threes. Uh, really dynamic player. But he will be... Uh, MIA in this uh, homecoming game against Rome, which is very interesting that he's going to have to be on the bench there and not be playing against his former teammates. Very, very uh, interesting dynamic that is going to be avoided. But with that being said, uh, Braden Lou at six foot seven, six foot eight is just so good, a man child inside, but has gotten so well, so improved at playing on the perimeter, knocking down shots off the dribble, three point range, everything. Uh, Marvin McGee's a six foot six wing. Noah Melson's a six foot six guard going to UTC. Um, Milan Kennedy's a good guard as well. I mean, they have all all the length, all the players. And again, they're only going to play maybe six, seven guys, but that's a dang good six, seven guys. And Rome, they have Cam Keith who can really score in bunches and get hot from three, but they're just not going to be able to match up with that Alexander firepower. So I like the Cougars to advance. 
bottom right-hand quadrant, Lakeside Evans, 18 and 10, three seed out of Region 2. They travel to Veterans, 17 and 10. The number two team out of Region 1, Chip Clemmer, back in Georgia, has done a great job uh, with this Veterans team. They have Aaron Jones in the middle at about seven foot tall, blocking shots. Will Burrows, I'm a big fan of how... Um, how hard he plays on the perimeter. Scrappy little spark plug point guard that is a good shooter. Uh, I like them to beat Lakeside Evans in this one, especially at home. Kathleen Georgia, they got that big, beautiful facility. I like veterans to win this one. Next up, Rockdale, 13-14, and 14, the four seed out of Region 3. They almost upset Woodward Academy and almost stole that three seed, but did not get the job done and now they play St. Pius Region 4 number 1 22 and 5 the 6th ranked team in the state St. Pius with Spencer Elliott inside is just going to alter everything really going to make life tough for Chase Hill a really good guard for Rockdale he's going to block shots uh, Spencer Elliott is a two-lane signee. And then you got um, Blake Wilson, a really good guard, going to Hampton, Sydney, and a couple other pieces that can be scattered throughout. Coach Aaron Parr wins a lot of games this time of year, and I think they will just overwhelm Rockdale with their discipline, uh, their solid ball movement, and, of course, that defense. Next up, Habersham Central, 17-10, and 10, the three-seed out of Region 8. They travel to Pope, 19-9, two-seed out of Region 7. Um... Habersham, I really like this team. Bryce Pittman's a really good player. I think he's committed to play at Tacoa Falls, a really good six foot three swing man. Cole Gary's a good swing man as well. Brighton Paul, a good shooter. Brandon Gaines, a really good defensive uh, playmaker, a good guard. And Josiah McCurry uh, provides some beef inside at six foot six and is a, a burgeoning prospect that's getting better and better. But the only problem here is it's at Pope, and you're going up against Pat Abney, who is one of the very best coaches in all of Georgia. Um, again, it, he just shuffles in kids. They they graduate. You say, okay, Pope's finally going to take a drop off. They never, ever, ever do. Zach Blachoy is now this year's breakout star for the Greyhounds. Ryan Luttrell has had a good season. He was a first-team all-region pick as well. And then Theron Nixon, an honorable mention selection. Pope just so excellently coached. Uh, I think Habersham might have a little bit more talent on the roster, but I, it's just so hard to pick against Pat Abney. He is one of the very best, and I think Tommy Yancey is a really good one as well. But Pat Abney, I know he's going to have so many tricks up his sleeves, and he's going to have some good home court advantage there. So I like the Greyhounds to steal one at home and knock off a very talented Habersham Central team. Lastly, Paulding County, the four seed out of Region 5, 16 and 12. They had that great backcourt, Javon Williams. Um, they also have um, uh, Francier as a really good scorer for them. Uh, he's one of their best players in school history. Uh, they got some size. George Shumpert is a pretty good swingman, and Khalil Jones is another football player, a little tough guard. Uh, but they're playing Etowah at Etowah, Region 6, number 1, 19-8 overall, number 5 in the state. Brandon Recksteiner, uh, he's better than any guard that Paulding County has, and Paulding has some really good ones. But the Virginia Tech signee is so good. His range is the deepest range we have in the state of Georgia. He can pull from anywhere, physically strong, uh, elite ball handling skills, gets to his spots. Aiden Weaver's a really good energy guy on the wing. Mason Etter, of course, does all the dirty work. He's been battling nagging injuries, it feels like, forever, but he's still tough as nails out there. Chase Clemens, a wild card. You never know if it's going to be four points or 24 points, but he still has a lot of talent in 
himself and he uh he can he can get hot you never know he could flip the switch and become a key factor during this postseason run and then lastly Dimitri Angelakos a really good three-point shooter so Edouard they space the floor extremely well they play good defense they're super well coached Paulding County um, they're gonna play fast and they they can get after you defensively but you know what happened to Paulding County last year when they played a Cherokee County team in the first round uh, it did not go very well 135 to 112 um, beat by Sequoia. Now, I do not foresee Etowah letting that happen. Etowah plays really good defense. They do have that type of firepower, but there's just not going to be enough possessions in the game with that type of defense. But all, all of that said and done, you know, Etowah's played a super tough region or a non-region schedule. They had a very rough start to the season, and people were asking, why are they ranked? Why are they? They started maybe like 0-5 or something close to that. Well, they played elite competition and looky looky look where they're at now region champs top five in the state and they're going to be making it to the sweet 16 now for my final four picks top left hand side i have langston hughes seeing lee county uh langston hughes has been so comfortable even when they won championships with landers Nolly, um, they were road warriors during those stretches and I think Langston County or Langston Hughes goes to Lee County and is able to come away with the win. And that's going to set up a rematch for Langston Hughes with Grovetown. I see Grovetown slipping by Lanier. I love Lanier. I think Lanier, if their guards can hit enough outside shots and if Boogie Morgan uh, can provide some stuff on the perimeter, uh, some scoring and some facilitating. But the only problem is Grovetown's guards are much bigger than Lanier's guards, and they're more dynamic, more athletic, and I think they can really get after you defensively. And that is where Lanier is going to be at a slight disadvantage. Even though their bigs are tremendous, Jason Nathaniel and uh, Osmar Garcia, I absolutely love those two. Uh, but you're asking a lot for those two guys to beat Grovetown on their own. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a good game. But especially uh, if this is a coin flip game, if this game's at Grovetown, they're not going to get out of there alive with a victory. Grovetown's going to win. But if it is at Lanier and they do put the pressure on Grovetown and make them travel to Gwinnett County, it could be different at the ranch. But I really do think uh, Grovetown is just red hot right now, and I don't want to pick against them. Um, top right-hand side, we have Alexander versus Jonesboro is a matchup I foresee. And I think Alexander, too much length. Uh, they're able to score inside with Braden Liu. They have shooters on the perimeter, Jaquan Nelson. Um, I think Jonesboro can be a disruptor in this postseason. I think they have those dogs. They can turn it up. They have those tough-nosed guards. Um, but I do think Alexander is strong enough to withstand that style of play, and I do like Alexander with Braden Liu being a major X factor in this game. Bottom right-hand side, St. Pius versus Etowah. I'm going with Etowah. They, you know, these are two clones of teams that play great defense and great ball movement and shoot the three ball well. But I think Brandon Ricksteiner on the perimeter is really, really tough. He's going to shoot the three. Um, Etowah, with their perimeter shooting, that can kind of negate a little bit of what Spencer Elliott's able to do as far as changing games inside. Um, but, you know, Etowah, defensively, they're going to have to account for him, obviously, inside. Um, but I do think Etowah... Uh, they played a really tough schedule, as has St. Pius, but I do like Etowah uh, with Rex Steiner being just so good. I, I think he is going to lead Etowah and the Eagles to a Final Four appearance at West Georgia. So what's this setup? Langston Hughes versus Grovetown, a rematch of last year's Final Four. Remember, earlier in the season, Langston Hughes beat Grovetown 63-59, 
and then almost nearly came back and beat Grovetown in the final four before falling 68 to 63. Um, so I, 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 Langston versus Grovetown, I, I think Langston doesn't have as much uh, on the roster as last year. I mean, losing those football players really hurts um, as far as just that, that toughness and that ability to really match big bodies inside. But they do have those two transfers, some Southwest Atlanta Christian that have length and can participate and, and make things interesting. I know Rory Welsh, um, I think he's a terrific coach. I, I give him the X and O's, a, maybe a slight advantage just because he's been able to do it before. But I think Grovetown will win this game just too much. I think everyone going into the season, I think they were a little um, overhyped with the national ranking. I think that was a little bit too too far too far out there as far as putting them in like the top 20 and then they go on the national schedule and you see what happens but Grovetown is still definitely the team to beat in class 6a with Franquan Sherman and Darian Reed and all those guys um just a really good team and I think they're going to be able to pull it out against Langston Hughes other side of the bracket Alexander versus Etowah these two teams actually met up earlier in the season a game that I was actually at and uh Alexander held a slim lead throughout and was able to pull away. They won 60-51 to 51 at Etowah, and I think Alexander has just enough gas in the tank, just a little too big. They really hurt Etowah by pushing them out, making those, you know, those 22-footers more like 25-footers as far as forcing Rick Sunner into much deeper threes than maybe he needed to be taking. Uh, he got hot there in the fourth quarter, but they really bottled him up for three quarters and made life difficult in that length inside, just blocking so many shots. Uh, made it very challenging. So I think Alexander over Etowah, uh, which would set up a rematch again, another rematch, Grovetown versus Alexander. These two teams played in the state tournament last year, and Alexander got absolutely blown off the court, uh, got drilled 78-54, to didn't really even compete very well in that game, just got smoked in the Sweet 16. Uh, I think that sticks in their crawl a bit. I think they would play much better this year, and especially with Jaquan Nelson. A perimeter scorer like that, he could just go crazy. You never know with a guy that sees a bucket get as big as it can. Um, but I still think Grovetown is a team to beat, and it's very difficult to choose against them. So that's why I have Grovetown Warriors repeating as state champs. Over in Class 5A, we'll start at the top left-hand side. Tri-Cities 18-10, three-seed out of Region 5. They are ranked number seven in the state. They play Cambridge, the huge underdog, region six, number two, 12 and 16. Uh, Cambridge uh, got hot at the right time. That's what you need to do. They knocked off Centennial 55-54 to make state. Then eliminated Chattahoochee 41-30, so they're playing good defense right now. Um, but Tri-Cities is a team that's seen uh, really tough competition. They struggled early in the year. Um, gelling together and just playing a, overall some some good opponents. But Noriko Danner's tough. Um, obviously, uh, they have some other uh, key pieces. Malik Johnson transferred in. And, of course, Corey Mincy is a straw that stirs the drink, the Presbyterian signee. Uh, I like Tri-Cities to win this game. But Connor Scott, good shooter for Cambridge, can knock down a couple threes. But I just think there's way too much talent on this Tri-Cities team, especially in the backcourt, to lose in the first round. Next up, 18-8 Heritage Conyers slipped all the way to the four seed in Region 8. Now they have to play Hiram 24-2, Region 7 number one, Hiram ranked number three in the state. 
Hiram has a ton of talent. Um, they're not very deep, but they have a darn good starting five that can match up with pretty much anybody. Um, Chase Tyler is a, a, a really good wing, about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, or so. Uh, athletic, can score at all three levels. Jay Boyd going to Lincoln Memorial as a good little guard uh, at about six foot two, another well-rounded score. Walter Matthews is a real X factor if they feed him the ball inside at six foot seven, jumps out of the gym, built like a tank, a big-time tight end recruit in football. He's a very important player. And then you got uh, Amir Taylor as a guard in the backcourt, and Aaron Wesley is really their defensive stopper um, that really focuses on defending other teams' best players. And then lastly, Sakai Lockhart's a, a, a good guard that has a lot of experience. So I, I like Hiram to win this game. I know um, Heritage has some good young talent. Bobby Bugs has had a really good year uh, as, a, as a young, young, young up-and-coming talent for this Heritage team. Um, but I do feel like Hiram just has way too many pieces for Heritage to be able to contend with. But Heritage does have some athletes. And um, Gabe Guilford is a good scoring guard that is also a veteran, but I think Hiram does have enough to get it done. Next up, Northgate, 10-17, and 17, three seed out of Region 3. They played Tucker, Region 4, number 2, 19-7 Tucker, currently ranked in the top 10, number 9. They just uh, fell a couple spots in there after they were upset by Decatur in the Region Championship. But Tucker's really good. Josiah Lawson, a six foot six combo forward, inside outside guy. Got some shooters around him. Um, Tamar Mann as well as a, a lengthy wing. Uh, Tucker's really really good. And I, they you know they they got off to a slow start this year. Played some decent competition, but over their past fifteen games or so, they are winning at a very high high rate. And uh, I, I like them to get past Northgate. Up next, 16 and 12, Jones County, the four seed in Region 2. They have to travel to Bradwell Institute, 16 and 8, number one seed, Bradwell Institute out of Region 1. Um, I saw Bradwell Institute win that uh, region championship game. I had it on the TV there. Uh, I believe it was against Coffee. 57 53 was a close game um, that really went down to the wire. Uh, and Bradwell's an interesting team. They have some talent. Elijah Thurman is a big body that you have to contend with. He's averaging over 16 points and 13 rebounds per game. Uh, he's going to be a very physical presence inside. And Tashawn Frazier is a good guard that has uh, has some quickness to his game, can make a difference in that factor. Uh, and a, a freshman, one of the best freshmen in the state, one of the better freshmen in the state is Christopher Perry, another guy with some good size, about six foot five or so, averages eight points per game, blocks a shot. This Bradwell team is actually pretty sneaky good, and they have home court advantage. Uh, now Jones, Jones has been up and down. They started off really hot, they played great, and then they fal- faltered towards the end. There, they do have a huge win over Grovetown. Uh, that was probably the pinnacle of their season. Uh, but Jalen Sanford's a really good. Guard, really smooth score. Dathan Harris, of course, extension of his father, the head coach, Buck Harris, on the floor. A good guard as well that uh, can limit turnovers and get them into their sets. Um, But I think Bradwell Institute at home, they're playing pretty good right now. They have a big body that is going to bang with Judd Anderson inside. Um, I'm going to go with Bradwell. I just, I don't know. Jones County is really good. They definitely have the talent to win this game, but Jones County is playing 
average basketball right now. Their best basketball was a few weeks ago. And I think Bradwell surging to get that number one spot out of Region 1. I think they're playing pretty well, and I think they're going to win this game. Bottom left-hand quadrant, North Springs 16-10, and 10, the three seed out of Region 6. They play Mays 19-8, Region 5, number 2, Mays ranked number 5 in the state of Georgia. I like Mays to win this game. Uh, Mikael Williams is a really good playmaking guard. Solomon Evans, I've been high on him for a long time. Then you got guys like Jacorian Wiggles is a good player. Uh, a couple other guys, Jalen Weems. There's a lot of threats on this roster um, that can really make things happen for Mays. So I, I do like Mays to win this game over North Springs, even though North Springs does have a couple solid scores in their own right. Andy Medesco um, was a first-team all-region pick, and Ethan Weems is a solid forward around the rim, but I do think Mays is better. Cartersville, 12-16, and 16, Region 7, number 4, against Winder Barrow, Region 8, number 1 seed, 19-8 and eight overall. Winder Barrow is really hot right now. They are currently up to number 8 in the state. Uh, Jeremiah Holloway is a major issue to contend with. Jaron Samuel is a talented young freshman. They have some big bodies inside that they can throw at you as well. Winderborough is going to be too strong for Cartersville, a team that you know was able to sneak into the postseason. But Winderborough, that guard play is just terrific, and they are going to be playing at home. So I like Winderborough. Next up, Lithonia, Region 4, number 3, 18-9 overall versus Northside Columbus, 17-8, Region 3, number 2. Um, Lithonia, they usually get the very most out of their kids over there. They don't have a ton of elite size. They get some solid players. They, they like to play some physical defense. Caleb Taylor's a really good scorer. He picked a picked up a an offer from Dodge uh, Community College uh, at my event at the Sandy Spiel um, showdown over there at Monroe area, uh, Sandy Spiel shootout actually. But he's he's a really good scorer. He needs a, a, a little bit more help around him. Um, but they're playing Northside Columbus, a lot of football players on that team. Region 3 wasn't necessarily a great region per se, um, but they have some guys that will get after you, good athletes. I saw them play in their region tournament last year. Uh, Northside Columbus are going to be led uh, by uh, Cameron Hill. You have Jakeith Hodo. Malachi Hosley's a, a guard in the backcourt. They got uh, Deshaun Cates. I really like him as a playmaker. And they have a freshman. Christopher Biggs was a freshman of the year in that region. So he'll help out as well. Um, I'm going to go with Lithonia in this game. I just feel like they got that DeKalb County toughness. But I think Northside North, North Columbus is a little bit bigger, possibly a little bit more athletic, possibly have a little bit more weapons. Um, but I think Lithonia goes over to Columbus and steals a win and advances to Sweet 16. Last game on that bottom left-hand side, Greenbrier, 16-11, the four seed out of Region 1. Oh, no, they entered the region as the number one seed, and then they lost to Coffee, 48-42, and then Statesboro put them out of their misery, 54-43, and now Eagles Landing will be the final blow to put a closing chapter on this Greenbrier team. Eagles Landing, number two in the state, 25-1 overall, coming out of Region 2. They will... Uh, beat up Greenbrier pretty good. That speed, Davion Thomas, um, just too much, too much. David Thomas, pardon me. David Thomas, way too much in the open floor. Kylan Mc, 
Kenny, um, you know, Kenny Brayboy, the list goes on and on. Greenbrier's got some really good shooters in the backcourt, Cameron Parada and uh, Jackson Jennings, but Eagles Landing is just going to turn this into a track meet, and they will advance quite easily. Top right-hand side, Statesboro, 18-8, and eight, the three seed out of Region 1 versus Union Grove, 17-11, and 11, Region 2, number 2. Union Grove peaking at the right time, another Sandysville Fall League participant. Love to see them doing well. That is a team that has a lot of swingmen. Chase Williamson, um, Tony Colley's a good player that can get hot from the three-point line. I like Niall King as a forward. Um, Caleb Johnson's a good guard. Uh, this is a, a good team chance. Whitfield that, you know, a lot of a lot of veterans on this roster, really. And then Caleb Sample's a really talented sophomore that comes off the bench. I think they're going to beat Statesboro. I don't think it's going to be easy uh, Leslie Black is a big physical specimen at six foot six in the post, but Statesboro has been kind of up and down this year. Um, I don't know what exactly the issue was. I thought they had a chance of winning this region, but it just never quite clicked for Statesboro. Uh, so I think Union Grove playing a little bit better basketball than Statesboro, especially over the past couple weeks here. So I like the Wolverines to make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, Chambly. Eight and seventeen, the four seed out of Region Four. They travel to McIntosh, Region Three champs. Twenty and seven overall. McIntosh has been just rolling over teams right now, winning game after game after game, uh, taking advantage of that region. Uh, they have that big size inside that can really change things. Uche Aoa uh, is really big, a big time football recruit. Um, you know, just plays around the rim, athletic rebounds. Dunks, block shots, does a lot. Brandon Cherry is a, a sharp little guard that helps balance the offense on the perimeter. And Landon Dolhanschik is uh, not bad at all. He's been an up-and-coming wing that has some size as well. So they have some length, this McIntosh team. And I think they'll be able to stifle Shambly, who was able to sneak in there at 8-17. and 17, But I don't think Shambly has enough on the resume to make me think otherwise. Um, but they did play Tucker pretty close in the semifinals and then lost to Lithonia by 12. But I do think McIntosh at home playing really well right now. I like the Chiefs to advance. Next up, we have Cass, 14-13, and 13, Region 7, number 3 versus Jefferson. Region 8, number 2, 10-17. and 17. Jefferson girls and boys, I believe, are the same record at 10-17. and 17, But look, they both have home games. Uh, I like Jefferson to actually win this game, to be honest with you, Cass. Um, Jaden Foster's a good player. Jelani Hames is a good player as well. But I think Jefferson is playing good basketball at the right time, and I think that matters. And I think Jefferson will be able to pull out this victory, protect home court, and I see the Dragons going on to the Sweet 16. Next up, Chattahoochee, 16-12, the four seed out of Region 6 versus Chapel Hill, 20-8. Region 5 champs, they had a great week, uh, Mays did. Mays beat Maynard Jackson, 71-61 in the semis, then handled Mays, 59-41. That shoots them up to number four in the state rankings. Um, I think they defeat Chattahoochee, who obviously fell to the four spot. Uh, Chattahoochee has uh, Yuta Yamamoto, a really good shooter. Uh, and Cameron James, a good player as well, but I think this Chapel Hill team is going to be a little bit too tough for them, and I like Chapel Hill with Calvin Faulkner inside. Um, He's going to be, or K. 
Kelvin Hunter inside. He's going to be a, an impactful player. Uh, O'Ray Towns is just a talented scorer. Just everywhere he goes, he he leads a team in scoring, it feels like. And then uh, Kyrus Doucette is a signed to play at the next level already. So I think that is just going to be a little too tough for Chattahoochee to contend with. I like the Panthers. Bottom right-hand side, Dutchtown 20-8, and eight, the two Region 2 three-seed. Uh, they play coffee, the two-seed out of Region 1, 14-13. I like Dutchtown in this game. Dutchtown um, kind of tried to throw that 3-4 game but ended up winning instead. They did not play, I believe, any of their starters. Um, and they were still pretty good without playing those stars. I mean, Austin Mosby Weems is really good young player. Uh, Matthew Hinton's a big body inside. Um, but Jeremiah Edwards is one of their best players. Adrian Avery. They got a lot of veterans, a lot of seniors on this roster. Very talented. They're just going to be too much for coffee. And I think Dutchtown is a danger to win a couple games and play spoiler in the state tournament. Up next, Harris County. Four seed out of Region 3, 6-22 versus Decatur, where it's greater. 17-8, the region champs out of Region 4. Decatur cracks into the top 10 for the first time this season. Uh, ranked number 10 coming off that huge win. And I think they're going to parlay that play into the next round. I think they're going to be able to beat a Harris County team that is not very good. So I like Decatur to win this one easily at home. Next up, East Side, Region 8, number 3, 22 and 6. They travel to Calhoun, 14 and 12, Region 7, number 2. Um, East Side has had a really, really good season this year. Definitely, for sure, have been a tough team that kind of slid to that three spot, but they are good. But it is so tough to win at the Hive. At Calhoun, you have Dylan Faulkner going to Lipscomb inside at 6 foot 8, jumps out of the gym. Uh, absolute double-double machine, averaging like 23 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, just Eastside's not going to have anyone that can slow him down, but no one has all season long. But Calhoun, I think their, their uh, supporting cast has been improving as the season has worn on. They got Amari Winston back off the football field, back after uh, injury. That helps open up things with his play inside, a, a really great physical rebounder. Um, but they also have... Uh, Daniel Street was an honorable mention selection, a little guard that can shoot the ball pretty well. Um, he'll have to play a key role, and they got a couple other dual-sport athletes that are important, and I just think Calhoun at home, even though they might be a slight underdog as far as record showing goes, um, Dylan Faulkner, too good at home, I think Calhoun advances. Lastly, a really good Region 5-4 seed in Maynard Jackson, who just slipped out of the top 10, 17-9 overall. But they traveled to Cal Region 6, number 1, 23-2. The number one ranked team in the state, Peyton Marshall, is going to be putting people in the basket. But Makai Turner is a very good shot blogger. He's a good player at uh, Maynard Jackson. I don't know if he's going to be able to slow down Peyton Marshall just with the massive size, but Maynard Jackson does have a good bouncy long-armed forward in their own right so don't forget that and Yusuf Bauer can score in bunches on the perimeter but Kel you know they brought in a lot of transfers this year this team you know you're talking about their top three guys you got Peyton Marshall came from Norcross CJ Brown came from Walker this offseason Cannon Richards came from um, I believe it was Whitfield Academy this season so this is it's not your homegrown Kel anymore and they are a legitimate powerhouse one of the best teams in the state pretty much were regarded as the best team in the state for a, a, a solid stretch of time 
Um, they're really good. I think they're just going to be too strong for Maynard Jackson, and they will advance. So that leads me to my final four picks. Top left-hand side, Hiram versus Tucker is the matchup I see. I think Hiram, if they can just handle their business, I think that starting five is as good as anybody. I like Hiram to win against Tucker, a game that would be at Hiram as they are the one seed. Bottom left-hand side, Mays versus Eagles Landing. Eagles Landing, it's hard to pick anybody to beat them with just how extremely hard they play, how athletic they are. Uh, Clark Maston being a solid little guard that can help ignite fast breaks, sneaks in for rebounds, and gets the ball out and running. Uh, I like Eagles Landing a lot. Top right-hand side, uh, this one could be a, a crazy uh, bracket. There's not you know, a major juggernaut in this quadrant. This is a quadrant uh, that you could see some mayhem, but I have Chapel Hill defeating Union Grove to make it to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, Kale versus Dutchtown. Dutchtown has a lot of size, a lot of length, and that could be a very tricky game. That could be a, a potential um, trap game for Kale. Right before the Final Four, I think Dutchtown gives them everything they want and more, but I feel like Kell just finds a way, just a little bit too much talent on that roster, and I foresee Kell making it to the Final Four. So we have Hiram versus Eagles Landing. I like Eagles Landing in that one, and then I like Kell over Chapel Hill. So Eagles Landing versus Kell, one versus two. Kell being one, Eagles Landing being two in the state. Um, the game everyone wants to really see, Eagles Landing can't match up with that size of Kale, but if this game is turned into a track meet, Eagles Landing has the advantage. Now, I will say Kale has the thoroughbreds to run with Eagles Landing. They certainly do, but where does Kale have their largest advantage? It's in the half court. It's getting the ball inside to Peyton Marshall. If this game is played the full 94 feet and not cut in half and played in the half court, um, that is going to be Eagles Landing's advantage because they can play fast, they play hard, they get after you defensively. Uh, Kyla McKinney's a blur to the rim. That is going to be very, very challenging for Kill. Um, guys like Chris Morris will have to step up and really rebound the ball at a high rate for Eagles Landing, considering Kill has such a size advantage and so many great athletes. But if this game is up and down, if the tempo is in Eagles Landing's favor playing fast, I think they win this game. But if Kell, who can also certainly play fast, but if they are able to establish Peyton Marshall inside, I could see him getting Kenny Brayboy and company in foul trouble. I could see them turning to some of their younger players on the bench, their big bodies, to try and throw at Peyton Marshall and uh, rack up those fouls and put them at the foul line. But I think uh, Kell is... The team to beat this year, Eagles Landing is very, very good. David Thomas can beat anybody, but I just think Kell has more weapons, a little bit bigger, and if they don't let this game get into a up-and-down sprint, I like Kell to become state champions and finally capture their first-ever state title. Class 4A is going to be different with some injuries, and we start right at it on the top left-hand side. McDonough still ranked number one in the state. They slipped to the three seed. They were defeated um, by Lovett in that region tournament. And let me pull that up. They lost, uh, let's see, they lost 66-62. And then they bounced back with a 52-39 win over Woodland Stockbridge. But the three seed out of region five, 24-4, still number one in the state against Holy Innocence, who's been quietly flying under the radar. Very good, 16-11. Two seed out of Region 6. 
Um, Davion Thomas, the reigning region player of the year, the reigning class 4A player of the year, uh, recently suffered a broken foot, so he's out for the rest of the season, it sounds like, and that is an enormous blow to McDonough, who's just been so tough this year, and they've have a really bad break, no pun intended, but they do have other guys that can really step up. Uh, Keenan Gray has had a terrific season this year. Amon um, McDowell's a, a veteran senior that's really good. They also have Nigel Thomas, um, has that length on the perimeter, can knock down some shots and do some things, and McDonough plays really, really hard. Um, but Holy Innocence, they have Caleb Wilson, the six foot eight sophomore who had his hand in a wrist, or his wrist in a um, cast for the beginning portion of the season, uh, but he's back. He's been dominating. Uh, Devin Hutcherson's a great freshman. Loved him at the Sandysville Spring Showcase camp last year. Not surprised at all that he's having a big season. Um, but I do think McDonough, I, even with the injury, they're playing for their fallen brother. I, I like how tough they play. They're a really hard-nosed team. Avante Nichols has been great this year. Such a great, terrific athlete. I expect him to potentially draw that assignment uh, against uh, Caleb Wilson because I know his his leaping ability can get him up there and play him at the rim. He's been so good this year, Avante Nichols. But I still think they're tough enough. I like McDonough to win this game, even though it will be challenging having to go on the road. But the Warhawks, uh, a battle-tested, very strong team, even without their leader. Next up, Seconder Region 8, number 4. Against Sonoraville, 20-7, and seven, Region 7, number one. I'm going with Seconder. Region 8 was uh, the deepest region in the state this year. So many good teams they had to contend with. Um, Sonoraville and Region 7, uh, quite the opposite. So I like Sonoraville. Uh, you know, well, Sonoraville, this game is at home. I like Sonoraville at home. It's very tough to play at the Inferno, so Seconder is really going to have to strap up because that is one of the best home court advantages in the state, that little band box of a gymnasium over there. Uh, Inferno, very tough to win at. But I am going with Seconder as a four seed. I do like Tony Wells, a three-point shooter. Ivy Redman is a good player. Um, they got a couple other solid guards as well. I'm picking Seconder. Battle-tested, have seen much better competition than Norville has seen all season. But that is an extremely tough place to play at. But I will pick second year. Next up, 12-17, and 17, Southeast Bullock, the three-seed out of Region 3 versus Whitewater, 18-10, and 10, Region 4, number 2. Um, Southeast Bullock coming in with Colin Smith, had 50 points in a game in the region tournament over Islands. So he can obviously fill it up and score the ball, but I think Whitewater is the better team. They have a signature win over Fayette County earlier in the season. Whitewater, Braden Ofosu was a first-team all-region pick. Uh, Barron, I'm assuming that's his brother, was a third-team pick. B.J. Watkins was an honorable mention selection. Ashton Preston. So this is a good team at Whitewater. Not good enough to crack into my top 10 throughout the season, but they were always in that top 20 range, and I think Whitewater is going to take it to Southeast Bullock. Next up, Spalding, 16-11, and 11, the four seed out of Region 2, travels to Westover, the number one seed out of Region 1, Westover, into the top 10 at number 9. They've been there for uh, a little while, um, but they get the big signature win over Bainbridge, who only had one loss. 
uh, heading into that matchup. That was a big win for Westover, knocking them off 54-39, doing so in convincing fashion. I like this Westover team. I think Kamari Leverett's a very talented guard. I like Kevon Johnson. They have some good players over there. Spalding also is pretty tough. They they really had a good stretch early on in the season. Um, they themselves have some great athletes that can really get after you. Uh, you're talking about guys like uh, Kurtavian Clark was a first-team all-region pick. Cedric Evans, Xavier Phillips, uh, those two were uh, second-teamers. But they got some good talent, and they got a nice freshman in Bahi Daniels. Um, but I think I'm going with Westover. It's tough to play in the 229, the Boston Garden, a, a very historical gymnasium down there. And they're, obviously, they're playing great basketball. They just knocked off Bainbridge finally. So I do like Westover to protect home court and knock off an athletic Spalding team. Bottom left-hand side, Miller Grove, 16-12, and 12, three seed out of Region 6. They traveled to Pace Academy, Region 5, number 2 seed, currently ranked number 2 in the state. Um, Pace Academy, I, I like them to win this game. I think Kyle Green has been pretty good this year, Region Player of the Year, so I'm sure he, that's pretty impressive when you win it over Christian Anderson and some of these other guys. Uh, he's a real good player, makes them go. Eric Chatfield. I was a first-team selection, little sophomore point guard, good little three-point shooter that can make some plays off the dribble. Then LJ Moore plays really tough inside, and Chandler Bing is a guy that's up and coming, another underclassman that plays his butt off. I like this Miller Grove team. They never quite clicked. That Region 6 was everybody was beating everybody. Everyone has essentially the same record outside of Southwest, uh, Southwest DeKalb. And uh, Holy Innocence kind of rose to the top a little bit late. Southwest of Cab, the entire season, obviously. Um, but Miller Grove, uh, Tyson Mathis, I liked him a lot. But Nicholas Burton has been good for them this season. Xavier Lewis is a guy that can really stroke the three ball and uh, can get hot. But I do think Pace Academy is going to win this game. in uh, a very interesting matchup, Miller Grove, Pace Academy. Has Charmin White coached against Miller Grove since he's left? I don't know off the top of my head, but um, that is uh, an interesting underlying storyline to uh, keep in mind. Next up, Region 7, number 4, Southeast Whitfield and Cal Rich, best player in school history. 6'7", forward versus 16-12, and 12, scorching hot, Region 8 champs, Walnut Grove into the top 10 at number 8. Walnut Grove will win this game. Marcus Smith has really blossomed his sophomore season. A great point guard, just making all the right plays, scoring when needed, um, facilitating. Uh, you got the big man inside, and Alex Cannon at about six foot ten. A great shot blocker is going to alter every single thing uh, that Southeast Whitfield wants to try and do. Uh, going to make life extremely hard on Cal Rich, and probably going to have to force him out. Uh, even farther away from the basket, even though he is capable of shooting the three. So that's going to make life tough. Um, Nick Tyre was tremendous in their win over North Oconee in the semifinals, knocking down threes. So, And then, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Destin Christian. That's, that's going to be a handful for Southeast, a six foot five inside-outside forward. Very tough player as well. Walnut Grove is playing their basketball at the very best time, their best basketball at the very best time. And I think they are just going to really take it to Southeast Whitfield, especially with them having to come to Walnut Grove. Next up, we have LaGrange, 21-7. Region 4, 3 seed, traveling to Burke County. Region 3, number 2, 16-8 overall. 
Burke County led by Kinte Gross, averaging 17 points per game and 9.8 rebounds and blocking a handful of shots. Good forward. But I do think this LaGrange team has seen some better competition throughout the year. I like LaGrange. Devin Dowell's a good point guard. Um, they have Garrett Jacobson, who's a pretty solid swing man as well. Uh, they've got a bounce attack. Uh, B.J. Wortham was a third-team all-region selection, among a couple other guys. Jaquarius Hurston, honorable mention. I think LaGrange is going to be challenging to make that trip over to Burke County over there in Waynesboro, but I do like them to secure the victory. Next up, Cairo, Region 1, number 4, 13 and 14 overall versus Baldwin. Uh, Baldwin, 16 and 10 record. Uh, they ended up peaking at the right time. They got hot. They win the Region 2 championship. They knock off Perry for it. And, you know, a lot of adversity this Baldwin team has been faced. Uh, they lose their top two players, I think, left the program right before playing uh, Lithonia at the Sandy Spiel shootout over there at Monroe area. And, you know, they were kind of middling for a while, kind of trying to find their footing. But uh, some guys have definitely stepped up and um, – they have been able to maintain their their pace of play. You know, Anthony Webb is a great coach, really good defensive coach. Uh, Jacoby Nixon's really tough, and uh, I think Baldwin will defeat Cairo and make it into the Sweet 16. Next up, we have Shaw, 11 and 16, Region One, number three, versus Perry, Region Two, number two, 16 and 12. Perry's got a lot of football kids. They have a pretty good roster. Mark Gainis. First year on the job after stepping down from Georgia College has had Perry playing um, good basketball. Amar Gordon was a first-team selection for them. Um, They also get help from Trey Wright, a third-team pick. I like Perry to beat Shaw. Next up, Trinity Christian, uh, Region 4, four seed, 14-14 overall, traveling to Benedictine, the Cadets, 15-5, Region 3 champs. I am going with Benedictine. They got Caleb Jones, a really good sophomore shooter. Um, they've been sneaky good this year. I know they're in that Savannah era, and they don't really get out and travel a whole lot, but Benedictine is tough. I think they're for real. they got some football athletes on that roster as well, plus they're at home. I like the Cadets. Next up, Region 7, number 3, Northwest Whitfield, 16-11, I foresee their season coming to an end against Madison County, Region 8, number 2, 25-3. Madison County, number 6 in the state. Grant Smith can take over games. Um, Mason Smith can take over games. The Region Player of the Year, Jay Carruth, can take over games. They have Chris Rhodes inside is a really good 6'4", 6'5", forward that just plays his role, blocks shots, knocks down the mid-range, can score with his back to the basket. This Madison County team has weapon after weapon after weapon. They can fill it up. I don't think Northwest Whitfield is going to be able to keep pace with that. Madison County is a very good team. I know they just lost upset in that region championship by Walnut Grove, um, beat by, I believe it was Marcus Smith, had the key bucket late, 55-53. But Madison County is dang good, and they are going to show it against Northwest Whitfield. Even though Northwest Whitfield, they'll they'll try and counter with Dakota Blackwell, um, but just too many weapons, too many weapons for Madison County, and they have them coming to Madison County. Next up, Druid Hills, sixteen and twelve, Region Six, number four. They play Lovett, who surged to the one seed in Region Five. 
The Region 5 champs, 19-9 and nine overall. Lovett bounces up to number four in the state. Lovett taking advantage of a um, Davian Thomas-less uh, McDonough team. Got the win over them. And then they, of course, uh, knocked off pace 62-60. And Christian, Heritage, uh, Christian Anderson going to uh, Michigan, the little junior, just you know, scoring over 30 points per game relentlessly. Druid Hills isn't going to have anyone that can slow him down. So love it. We'll advance to the next round. And don't forget about Kyle Walters as a really key second piece. And Cam Foster Martez, really good defender as well. Next up, bottom right-hand side, we have Westside Macon. They fell to the three seed in Region 2. They're 20-7 overall. They play Bainbridge. Region 1, number 2, 25-2. I think both teams would say they're not very pleased with what seed they ended up with. Um, but it is what it is, and we have a really good first-round matchup between these two teams. Westside Macon, of course, a uh, really good guard play. They can score the ball well. Davion Henderson was a Region Player of the Year. He's uh, been known to score in bunches and bunches. Uh, Shannon Fountain, of course, another veteran guard, very good player for them. And Terrell Cordy was a third-team all-region selection for Westside Macon. Now, Bainbridge, um, K.J. Cochran's a good player inside. They have some athletic guard play surrounding him. And plus, the game is going to be at Bainbridge. I think it's going to be tough for Westside Macon. I think Westside Macon's a little bit better than some of the teams uh, Bainbridge has been playing recently, although uh, obviously Westover is really good. But I think uh, Bainbridge should be able to protect their home floor and knock off Westside. Next up, New Hampstead, 12-13, and 13, Region 3, number 4. Jeffrey Williams has his team going in the right direction, maybe sputtered a little bit to end the season. But this is a program that is quite dangerous. They do have some shooters. Rashawn Sherrill can really light it up from beyond the arc, and they have uh, some long wings on the perimeter. Uh, they will be playing Fayette County, though, 22-5, and five, the Region 4 champion. Fayette County ranked number 5 in the state. R.J. Kennedy has exploded this year with a monster season, averaging well over 20 points per game. Sean Van Dorn has taken a step in his second season. He's a really good player that was a first-team selection, and I think Fayette County is just going to be too strong and too good in the backcourt for New Hampstead. Next up, North Oconee, 22-6, Region 8, number 3. North Oconee ranked 10th in the state. They will travel to see Central Carrollton, 23-4, the two-seed out of Region 7. They were the one-seed going into the region tournament. They get upended, knocked off um, in that uh, semifinal game. Or actually, in the in the sorry in the in the region championship game by Sonoraville, um, they lose to Sonoraville forty to thirty seven. Now they play good defense. Central Carrollton they space the floor. Isaiah West moving in has given them a dynamic playmaker. Uh, you got some shooters and Max Young on the perimeter. I'm a big fan of uh, Kevin Cochran is uh, a good player, and then Jay Harding's a, a veteran guard as well. But North Oconee. They're bigger than them. They've seen better competition throughout, and I think they're just a better version of Central Carrollton. Uh, even though they did lose Kamari Brooks, their, their key impact freshman, it looked like he had a pretty serious knee injury when they lost in that game against Walnut Grove in the region semifinals. That happened very early in the game. That was a big blow. Um, but North Oconee is still good. Evan Montgomery, six foot seven inside, is going to be just big enough to rebound and score around the rim when needed to. But Jake Chandler, 
Lefty's a great three-point shooter, has improved his attitude on the floor. Uh, he's very dangerous. Um, you got some other good guards. Bird Carter has really emerged as the team's best player, I feel like, at least most consistent. Uh, he has been uh, really good. He's not much of an outside shooter, but he gets to the basket. He rebounds. He defends. Uh, he's a real stat sheet stuffer. Uh, and then Justin Payne's a good little guard as well. So this is a good North Oconee team, and I think they're just going to be better than Central Carrollton, and I think they're going to go in there, and they are going to end the Lions season. And remind you, Central Carrollton, another great team that played at the Sandy Spill Fall League. They cut their teeth. They played great competition, and go look at them, 23-4, and a banner year. Congratulations to the Lions on a great season. And lastly, Woodland Stockbridge, 14-14, and Region 5, number 4. They've kind of been a middling team this year. thought they'd be a little bit better, but they're, they're, they were in a tough region, so you have to give them that. They play Southwest DeKalb, 25-2, and Region 6, number 1. Southwest DeKalb has been stuck at that 3 seed. Southwest DeKalb, a uh, really good defensive team. I don't know if they had the firepower to win a state title or not, and I don't know how strong of a schedule they've played outside of their region. Uh, I haven't played a ton of juggernauts. I know they split with Columbia, which was good, but you could say the same thing about Columbia as far as not necessarily playing um, super upper echelon teams. But nonetheless, Southwest DeKalb is good. They win the regular season title. They win the uh, region championship, beating Holy Innocence 53-45. This is a good Southwest DeKalb team, very balanced. I think they're going to be too much for Mason Lewis and Ryan Grace and all those kids at Woodland Stockbridge. I think Southwest DeKalb just clamps down at home, and that's a really tough environment to play in, so I like the Panthers. Now on to my final four picks. I see McDonough playing Westover, and even with their fallen fallen foe, their fallen friend, um, Davion Thomas, uh, uh, again, reigning class 4A player of the year, I like McDonough to knock off Westover and make it to the final four. Bottom left-hand side, we have Pace versus Baldwin. I think Pace wins this one. If they get past Walnut Grove, I think they have some pretty smooth sailing. I mean, they got to get past Miller Grove too, but after that, I think they just have um, too much firepower and uh, too much size for the remaining teams on those bottom four teams on that side of the quadrant. So I do think Pace Academy advances top right-hand side benedictine versus madison county it's going to be super tough to slow down lovett and christian anderson uh, i think they have the firepower to score with lovett they're going to challenge lovett's defense i don't know what they're going to do at christian anderson so that could be a high scoring scary game but uh, madison madison County's good and i'm a believer and i want to ride this team to the final four i think they beat benedictine next up fayette county Versus Southwest DeKalb uh, in the final four, or in the Elite Eight on this bottom side. I like Southwest DeKalb. Again, that defense travels. Uh, you know, it's hard to stop them. They got a bunch of guys that average about six, seven, eight, nine, ten points per game. Um, not one superstar key player to focus in on. And I like Coach Eugene Brown. He always does a really good job over there. And I think they make it to the final four. Setting up a Pace Academy versus Southwest DeKalb matchup. I think Pace uh, knocks off McDonough again. McDonough not at full strength. I think Pace has enough to surge past them, squeak by. And I see Pace knocking off Southwest DeKalb for the state title. Let us now move down to Class 3A. This is where things get very interesting. 
We will start at the top left-hand side of the bracket. Douglas, 13 and 13, Region 5, number 3, versus LFO. Region 6, number 2. LFO, of course, losing Jermichael Davis to McEachern. They probably could have won a state title if he stayed there. Uh, Instead, it's just Brent Bowman. A really great scorer, really good perimeter player. Gets to a spot, shoots very, very well. And then uh, Amari Burnett helps out some as well. But that's about it. They just don't have a whole lot else. And they put such an extreme burden on um, having Brent Bowman have to score the ball and have to create off the dribble and just do a little bit of everything. Just such a big... Uh, task on his shoulders and that's just going to be really difficult um, for them come state tournament time and they're playing Douglas 13-13 they've been playing okay down the stretch Uh, they picked up a win over Cedar Grove not too long ago they get that three seed Um, Josh McHale was a first team all region selection and Jacob McHale a second team all region selection and I think Douglas is going to win this game because they're going to be more balanced they're going to be more athletic they've seen better teams all throughout the season and uh, I like the Astros next up Hebron Christian 12 and 16 region 8 number 4 versus White County 17 and 11 region 7 champs once again they crack into the top 10 rankings at number 10 uh, Jaden Ye is a superstar. He's proving it time and time again. I do not want to bet against him this time of year. I think White County beats Hebron Christian. I think Hebron Christian got a big shot in the arm um, when they picked up uh, that transfer in the Lake Wilson. Um, and they also have Mataj Glover, but I think White County, they're hot. They're at home. Jaden Ye is just a nightmare to try and defend. He will... Uh, really do whatever it takes to win this game. So I think White County will win this game. Jaden Ye, just way too much. And I think they're going to get some contributions from Noah Futch around the basket. Could do a nice job of trying to negate what Wilson does. And then, of course, they also have a couple other key factors that help out uh, with Braxton Anderson. Um, but it, it really all starts and stops with Jaden Ye. So I'm going White County. Next up, Beach, 22-5, and five, Region 3, number 3. Beach is ranked 6 in the state. They play Harlem, 11-9, and nine, Region 4, number 2. Beach slipped to the 3 seed, and uh, this is not the same Beach we saw uh, a month ago because Shamari Huey broke his wrist. Sounds like he is out for the season, and that is why Beach has been losing games. That is why Beach was defeated by 5-seed Long County in the semifinals, 55-45. And that is why Beach had to take Groves to overtime, 73-68, to just even get this 3-seed. So that is a huge, huge factor for Beach. Um, Those injuries really hurting them, obviously a lot. You, You zap your team of your best player that does a little bit of everything for you. Now you still have... Some other players like James Leach, who's a great, tremendous rebounder, uh, gets after it, can score inside. Uh, Tyrese Bellamy has stepped up a lot, Chandler Reed as well, but you need that star power at this time of year. Uh, I think they're going to be able to get past Harlem. I think they'll be fine there. But as far as uh, a run to the state title and another Final Four run, I think it gets a little bit tougher uh, when you don't have your star player on the roster. But I do like the Bulldogs to show some resiliency and win at least his first game in the state playoffs. Next up, Mary Persons, 9 and 17, Region 2, number 4. They travel to Doherty, 15 and 11, Region 1, number 1. Doherty is currently ranked 
in the top five. They're number five in the state. Doherty is red hot. They are playing exceptionally well. They have really turned it on uh, at this juncture of the season. Bakari Bryant, of course, always has his team playing great basketball at the right time. Uh, They beat Monroe 64-58 to win that region championship. And, uh, you know, I was able to see Doherty play earlier in the year. Um, And they played, actually, they played at Beach. They played in that Joe Green Classic. And it was just a bad game for Doherty. They had one of their guards go down uh, pretty much a minute into the game. One of their starting players, Juwan Jinks, was hurt right off the rip. And they were behind the eight ball the whole time. It wasn't even competitive. Lost 69-40. to 40. Uh, But Jion Burns, uh, really good player, was actually named Region 1, was named the player of the year, the offensive player of the year in Region 1. So he knows how to put the ball in the basket. I got some other good players. Markel Jones, uh, a key factor. Jacob Stallworth, etc., etc. Doherty's playing great ball right now, and they're definitely going to take it to Mary Persons, I feel like. So I like Doherty to make it to the Sweet 16 and to set up a rematch with Beach. Bottom left-hand quadrant. Um, This side is, uh, you know, the left-hand side feels a little weaker than the right-hand side. You avoid Cross Creek. You avoid Sandy Creek. You avoid Johnson. I mean, that's that's the top three teams in the state right there. Uh, On the left-hand side, you have... Teams number four, number five, number six, number seven, and number ten. But mind you, number six, Beach, is without their best player. And number seven, Cedar Grove, is who we'll talk about here. 16-9, Region 5, number two. They are hosting Lafayette, the Ramblers, 15-8, Region 6, number three. Cedar Grove hasn't been playing their best basketball lately. They've kind of been slipping and sliding. Uh, Manny Green is a star freshman. He has a chance to be a high major player if he's not already. Um, Can really take over games. They have some other good players in the mix. Jalen Adside's a, a nice little guard uh, on the smaller side, thin build. Uh, EJ Colson is a good player, the quarterback that came from Peach County last year, can shoot the ball on the perimeter. And Darius Reynolds is a major factor inside. That's a big body that gets on the glass, a real double-double guy. Now, Cedar Grove, as I mentioned, they played some really good teams throughout the year. Um, and they, 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 they played a tough schedule. You know, you're talking about wins over Heritage Conyers. Uh, they beat Dutchtown by 10 points. They beat Raven Gap by one point. Um, they did beat Heritage actually twice. Uh, they played Etowah close. They lost by five. They lost by 10 to South Gwinnett. Um, it goes on and on and on. They beat Lithonia by 10 points. Um, but recently, you know, you lose in overtime by one to Douglas. You lose to Sandy Creek. They got throttled by Sandy Creek three times, weren't even competitive in any of those games, not even close, all of them 20-plus point blowouts. Uh, they beat Douglas by five points, and now they are sitting here at the two seed. Uh, Cedar Grove's very dangerous. I'd like them to win this game over Lafayette. Lafayette doesn't have as much talent as years past. I know they tried to schedule us as soft as possible, but they still managed to lose eight times this year. Um, and I think Cedar Grove is going to make it nine times. So I like Cedar Grove, the Saints, to make it to the next round. Up next, Pickens, 13-14, and 14, Region 7, number 4. They play Monroe area, 23-4, and 4, Region 8 champs, back-to-back region champs. They are number 4 in the state, but they have been here before. Last year, 
Of course, you have to mention how they played Ringgold, the worst team in the state tournament, and it was a nightmare, house of horrors. They lost that game to Ringgold and uh, really imploded. But this year's team, they've been much better. It feels like they have a, a, a very good team chemistry, good cohesion on and off the court. Uh, Jeremiah Anderson has been a really good player for them throughout the season, a double-double guy, averaging close to 17 points and eight rebounds per game. Um, little man, Jeremiah, uh, has some help on the perimeter. You have Vontae Newell, who really took over in that game against Hart County. I watched not too long ago. Made all the plays down the stretch. A uh, really great passer. Him and his brother, Dre Newell, are just so terrific off the dribble. They get into the paint and just last second, just drop off these quick little passes to Anderson and whoever else is around the basket. Um, Jakari Jones has had a really good season, was an all-region selection. Um, Jalen Flood is a defensive stopper. They just have a lot of athletes. Pickens does not have athletes. Um, Pickens uh, drop into the four seed again. They're under 500. Um, but the only thing here is Monroe area, they have to take this game seriously. Um, sometimes they can play down to competition. Um, that loss to West Forsyth was one of their worst losses of the season. That was a, uh, a really bad one. They had some extraneous factors but Monroe area on paper this is a game they should win they're at home they're quicker they're a better overall team um, but Pickens I'm sure you know they're playing with house money they made it into the state playoffs um, they, they will have a chance in this game but I do like Monroe area to win this one Monroe's just got to be aware of slowing down Pickens County's Caleb Lanford a second team all region pick and also uh, Camden Dunn and third teamer um, but I like Monroe area to win this game but they have to get off to a quick start next up Salem 11 and 15 region four number three they play Long County region three number two I like Long County to win this game coming out of that really tough region in Savannah which has really emerged as the toughest region in the state and just looking at what um, Long County has done in and in, in and outside of the region. You know, they beat Tattnall County, a non-region opponent, a really good, solid squad. They beat them twice. That was good. They go over into the north, west Georgia. They beat Chattooga 77-70. Um, and then, you know, they, they, they go back and forth with some of these teams. They, they secure that late win over Beach, but I think Beach was... Uh, still without Shamari Huey, they beat Beach twice, actually, to get this uh, two-seat. But um, long story short, Salem's been uh, a little bit of a disappointment. I thought they'd be better than they are this year. I like Long County to win this game. It's at home. I'm going with the Blue Tide. Next up, 6-19, Carver Columbus, the four-seat out of Region 1, upset Thomasville to get here. They played ups and lead 20-6. The champions of Region 2, Ups and Lee, of course, Daryl Lockhart back in the building, has his program going right back in the correct direction. They have the Region Player of the Year, Kamarian Alston. They have some other good players that were first-team selections, Brankavian Scott and Joshua Atwater. But Ups and Lee certainly played in probably, uh, I say certainly, uh, on paper, at least record-wise, the worst region in the state, it feels like. Looking at other teams from Region 2, Mary Persons was a four seed at 9-17. and 17. Uh, You go to Jackson, the two seed was only 12-15. and 15. And then lastly, Peach County, the three seed was 6-21. and 21. Upson Lee played in a horrible region this year, but I think they are good enough to beat Carver-Columbus at the Castle. Still a very tough place to play. Upson Lee on to the Sweet 16.
Top right hand quadrant, Crisps County, 16 and 12, the three seed out of Region 1. They played Jackson, who we just mentioned, 12 and 15. I'm going with Crisp County in this game. Crisp has some good, talented players. Uh, Jamarion Chambliss was a first-team all-region selection, as was Zakaria Dwight, a really good athlete on the perimeter. I'm going Crisp County. Crisp County in this one. Next up, you see Johnson Savannah, Region 3 champs, 23-4. and four. They are currently ranked number one in the state of Georgia. They play Hepzibah. 10 and 14, Region 4, number 4 seed. Just looking at what Johnson has been able to accomplish this year, they have played good teams. They are as legit of a number one ranked team in the state as you can have right now. They beat Doherty 64 61. They beat Hiram 62 61 in overtime, a game that I was at. They only lose by two points in McDonough. They go in, they beat Wilkinson County by one point. Um, they had a, a misstep against Calvary Day, but mind you, that was when Calvary Day was good. They've fallen off the map and didn't even make it into the state tournament, I don't believe. Um, but then they, they continue on. They beat uh, Ponte Verde from Florida, who's a good team. They beat Groves. They lose to Beach, but then they atone for that mistake later on in the season. Uh, they had a, a, a random loss to Lithonia, 53-47, but they bounce back. They beat Groves again. They kill. Uh, they crush uh, Calvary Day. They Blow out Beach 76-50. The story goes on and on and on. Um, Johnson is going to uh, run Hepsiva out of the gym. And again, that is a super tough place to play at in Savannah. Johnson is the top show in town to go watch. And they are going to put on a show against Hepsiva. Next up, Wesleyan 20-7, the three seed out of Region 7. Um, they should not have fallen to the three seed. Uh, they faltered. Had a bad 68-47 loss to Gilmer, who entered play as a four seed. So they have not done themselves favors this year. I know guys have been in and out of the lineup for Wesleyan. Josh Cavell's a really good player. Thomas Chipman, a very strong forward when healthy, but he has just been in and out, in and out of the lineup. And they have some size. I mean, James McGriff's a good six foot six player. Um, they also have some other uh, shot blocking presences on this roster. Derwin Hodge is six foot six. And they're going up against Stevens County, though. Stevens County, uh, Region 8, number 2 seed, 14-12, and 12, a team that lost uh, close in that region championship to Monroe area. But Stevens County, they might not be overly big, but they're quick. Corey Ritchie is really quick. Uh, Cam Lacey's a star football player. They have a couple others that can really get after you. And I think that is going to be an issue for Wesleyan. And coming to play in the Curahee Arena, a super tough place to play at as well. I am going with Stevens County to just throw it all out there at home. Let those athletes, those football players, get after Wesleyan. I think Stevens County is going to beat Wesleyan. Wesleyan, a team that sometimes struggles to score the ball. I think Stevens County is going to apply pressure, and they're going to get this game in transition. And I like Stevens County, the Indians, to make it on to the next round. Lastly, on that top right-hand quadrant, Ringgold, does lightning strike twice? 11 and 16, still trying to get to 500, but somehow they continue to make the state playoffs. Coming out of Region 6, they will travel to Sandy Creek, 21 and 6, the number two ranked team in the state. Sandy Creek, um, you don't even have to talk about what's been going on with them over the past few years, but always a great powerhouse team. Loaded 
but Micah Smith and company Amari Brown really good. Uh, they should be able to steamroll Ringgold. Bottom right hand side, Peach County six and twenty one, Region two number three versus Monroe twenty and seven, the two seed out of Region one. I like Monroe in this game. Justin Burns is a really good athlete, and Peach County just has not been very good this year. Next up, Groves, Region three number four, fifteen and twelve. I love how hard these guys play for Kevin Evans, a really good young coach. Uh, they are just excelling at the right time, but they play Cross Creek seventeen and ten, the defending state champs back to back, right? Region 4, um, number 1 seed, 17 and 10. They're currently ranked uh, number 3. They're up to number 3 in the state, but Groves is number 9. Groves isn't going to back down. Now, Groves might not have the size. They might not have the individual talent to per se match up um, with this Cross Creek team, but they play exceptionally hard. They will press the whole game. Uh, that is just their MO. They they really make you uncomfortable. Kari Manning leads the team in scoring. Jaquan Singleton's got some size and physicality as that combo forward wing type player. Sydney Flags, the list goes on and on and on. Philip Bing's a quick little guard. Kashik Hall is a strong body forward. Um, he's going to throw waves at you, but Cross Creek, you know, coming out of a not great region, region four, but Cross Creek, we've seen the story before. Of course, Cross Creek in the off-seated uh, in the offseason, picked up some transfers to bolster that lineup. You see Dekel Hobbs transferring from Jefferson County at six foot four. Quavon Henry from Arc. You see Ison Anthony, uh, Kylan Clark. So again, Cross Creek has really been uh, bringing in guys for a couple years now. That's something that should not be overlooked. Uh, not necessarily super homegrown, but Antoine Lork, I believe he is, and he is a big time player, great defender is going to be key in this game, and I think his length is just going to be a difference maker, and I like Cross Creek to win this game and win a couple in the state tournament. Next up, Hart County, Region 8, number 3, versus Gilmer. Region 7, number 2, Gilmer is 19-9. Hart County is 15-12. and 12. Jackson McVeigh versus Taj Hollywood. Uh, we shall see how this goes. Um, Hart County, obviously, is going to have a little bit more athleticism especially with Taj Johnson, able to jump out of the gym, six foot seven. Uh, he can do a lot of things. He can take over games with his defensive shot blocking, rebounding, and he's a three-level scorer when he wants to be. He's really good. It comes down to can Terrence Mitchell on the perimeter, on that wing, can he help out uh, effectively enough? Uh, they got a couple other guys that uh, I think Avery Strickland, uh, he's a good player that can knock down some mid-range jump shots. He's a key uh, forward that could get overlooked in the scouting report but can really hurt you. And Gilmer, you know, you're looking at Gilmer with the big man inside. You got Keegan Bryant was an honorable mention selection. Ryder Wofford has length. Um, this Gilmer team does have a lot of length. And if they do choose to go to a 2-3, they can put out uh, a 7-footer and a couple 6-4, guys to make life difficult for Hart County. But I think Hart County, again, they've played better teams throughout the season, I feel like. And Taj Johnson is a really good player. I think they'll be able to slow down Jackson McVeigh enough. I think they're, 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 they're an underdog going into Gilmer. But I, I believe Hart County comes out of LJ with a victory and will advance on to the Sweet 16. Next up, we have the final game on this bottom right-hand side. Carver Atlanta 0-25 does not deserve to be in the state playoffs at all. Um, 
Adairsville 19 and 8 wins that region. The only problem here with Adairsville is all the pressure is going to be on them. They're playing the worst team in the state of Georgia that make the state playoffs. All the pressure is on Adairsville to win this game. Um, I think they do win this game. I think they do have some talented players. Trey Winters is a good one. Zach Postel is a good guard. Uh, Adairsville should win this game. The only thing you worry about is Carver Atlanta. They're going to be athletic, but they're not very good at basketball. They haven't won a game all season, and I don't think it starts here. I think Adairsville advances to the next round. So now for my final four picks, top left-hand side, and this whole left-hand side in general is just going to be really anybody's ball game. But top left-hand side, I have White County playing Doherty. I think Doherty avenges that loss to Beach with Beach not being at full strength and Bakari Bryant having his team playing at their best. And this game is going to be at Doherty. Uh, I like Doherty to knock off Beach to get to this Elite Eight, setting up a matchup with White County. Then you have a coin flip. If you're going to Doherty, that's tough. If you're going to White, it's going to be tough. But either way, I have Doherty coming out of that top left-hand side, making it to the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, I think the matchup you have to look at, at least on paper, that Sweet 16 matchup, if it materializes, Monroe area versus Cedar Grove, that's going to be number four versus number seven in the state. Um, A lot of really good athletic players, some good defense, um, some great shot making, especially on Cedar Grove side with Manny Green. Uh, They've seen maybe a little bit better competition than Monroe area in the non-region, but Monroe area has played good teams as well. They have not been ducking anybody by any means. I am going to go um, with Monroe area to advance past Cedar Grove, setting up a showdown with Long County. And if that is the case, Long County has to travel to Monroe And that is going to be difficult. That's a long trip. And I like Monroe area to make it to the Final Four and play Doherty in the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Johnson versus Sandy Creek. Now, remember, two years ago, Johnson played at Sandy Creek in the state tournament. Uh, I believe it was uh, the Elite Eight, maybe. I know it was at Sandy Creek. Um, It might have been that COVID year, so it could have been a Final Four. But either way, um, they have experience playing Sandy Creek, and they hung tough with Sandy Creek. Mind you, they had Jabari Smith, uh, a lottery pick. They had all this talent on that roster, and Johnson lost 68-59. Sandy Creek is really, really good this year. They don't have a lottery pick on their roster. Micah Smith is good. Amari Brown is good. But again, Sandy Creek, again, I hate to say this, but they have to get the monkey off their back. And until they get the monkey off their back, I've been picking them every single year to win the state title because they have the most talent on the roster every single year. But somehow, some way, they haven't been able to get the job done. And I think this year, um, maybe me not picking them to win the state title uh, will help them win the state title. But now the buzzsaw they might have to go see is Johnson. And if they are playing that game in Savannah, I do not foresee Sandy Creek getting out of there alive. That place is going to be a zoo. Antonio Baker is a great player. You're talking about all these other guys that have come in and helped out in a big fashion. Uh, Joshua Quarterman has been such a big addition to this lineup on the perimeter. You got the big guy Malachi Robinson stepping outside, knocking down threes. Uh, 
they just have a lot of pieces that play really well. They run through a wall for Coach Chuck Campbell. If that game is in Savannah, Sandy Creek is not winning in Savannah. I just don't think it's going to happen. I like Johnson to make it to the Final Four. And lastly, on the bottom right-hand side, Cross Creek versus Hart County. Cross Creek is really good. Um, again, they haven't really played a whole lot of world beaters, a lot of great competition in a long time, it feels like. Not too many top 10 showdowns. Um, they'll have one against Groves, but even after that, you know, Monroe is bottom of the top 10. And then that bottom side, if you're playing either Hart, Gilmer, Winless, Carver, or Dayersville, none of those teams are in the top 10 currently. I like Cross Creek using their size and big game experience to make it back to the Final Four. In the Final Four, Doherty versus Monroe area. And if they can just focus in on the game and take care of business, I think Monroe area has proven that they can win this game. I think that's going to be an absolute dogfight. It's going to be at Fort Valley State, but I am picking Monroe area. Vontae Newell, the Newell brothers, just being able to create off the dribble. And Jeremiah Anderson, if he is able to hit those short-range shots from the short corner and just be able to have his hands ready and catch and finish around the basket, I think they match up pretty well against Doherty. Even though Doherty does have some good scoring guards, I think athletically they match up very well against them. Size-wise, both teams are pretty evenly matched. Not a lot of huge size on either Either side of the coin there, I know Bakari Bryant has won state titles and has been in big games before. Kevin Strickland has not, but I think Monroe area, um, you know, they're playing for something special when they lost their assistant coach before the season. So I think Monroe area advances on to the state title game. Right-hand side, Johnson versus Cross Creek. Again, Johnson has just really played such a grueling schedule. Cross Creek has played some really good teams, but that was really early on in the season. Um, They've been rolling right now, but again, they have not been tested in a long, long time, it feels like. And for that reason, I'm looking at a team that also lost by 20 points to Hiram. If that matters at all, you tell me, probably not, but they lost 59-39 to Hiram. Johnson beat Hiram, and I think Johnson beats Cross Creek to make it to the championship game where I have the Adam Smashers defeating Monroe area in the championship. I just think those guys are so tough, and Antonio Baker is so good at finishing at the basket. And again, the whole city of Savannah will be there. I have Johnson Savannah defeating Monroe area in the state championship. On to Class 2A, we see... The top left-hand side of the bracket, Callaway 13 and 12, Region 5, number 3, traveling to Washington, 17 and 10, Region 6, number 2. Washington was kind of disappointing this year, but they've, they've put it together. They're playing better now. They have so much talent on that roster. Uh, they haven't planted their flag as becoming a powerhouse on uh, White House uh, quite yet, but they did get the two seed, and they did knock off North Cobb Christian when they needed to, so that was a very good uh, sight to see for them because they do have um, some big bodies, Tobias Rice, Shane Bynum, all these guys, um, Cameron Fountain. They're intimidating. They definitely look the part. Uh, and they're playing Callaway. So I think Washington, while Callaway definitely has a shot at this game, I still think Washington has an overwhelming amount of talent. If they can just put it all together, uh, I think they will be in good shape. And I like Washington to make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, Athens Academy, Region 8, number 4, 16-11 versus Model, 20-4, Region 7 champs, Model um, with the big boys inside, Jeremiah's Hurd at 6'8", 6'9", and then, of course, Jaquinas Hurd, his brother, uh, about 6'5", 
those two alone will just be too tough for Athens Academy to slow down. Athens Academy uh, on the smaller side. Kamel Williams is a really good guard, um, but he, he can be taken away a little bit, and, and you know that puts a lot of burden on Ben Shar, who's a good shooter, and a Westbrook Adams, who really impressed me the other week uh, with his ability to get to the basket. But playing at model, really tough place to play as well. I like the Blue Devils. Next up, Toombs County, 20 and 8, Region 3, number 3. They play Putnam County, 21 and 6, Region 4, number 2. Putnam County comes in ranked number 4 in the state. And uh, that Region 4 was just a bloodbath of unbelievably talented teams. Uh, don't be surprised if they sweep Region 3 in that first round because they are just that good. Uh, Putnam, they have so many freaking weapons. Toombs County has had a really nice season, but. Putnam County, you're talking about a team that has, what, three guys averaging double figures. Uh, you got Aaron Banks going to Georgia Southern, averaging over 20 points per game. Landon Bonner just had a 40 ball. He's averaging 19 points per game. Uh, and then Kenny Crawford, who came to our camp, uh, love to see him average 13 points per game. They got a couple other good players that fill in and can score. But that is a high-octane offense, a team that has secured some big wins throughout the season, especially in that region. You're looking at a team that's beaten Butler. Um, they've beaten Westside. Uh, they beat Thompson. They beat pretty much everyone in that region at least once. They are a real threat. I know they didn't get that one seed, got blown out by Westside Augusta 61, for, uh, 61 81 to 63, pardon me. Um, but Putnam's really good, and I like them to take a run at state. Next up, Rutland 12 and 15, the four seed out of Region 2. They play Dodge County, 21 and 3, Region 1 champs. Dodge County's had a very, very, very nice season this year. Um, they've been able to handle their business, knocked off a couple teams. Um, looking at what they've done in the region tournament, uh, it was a it was a close one. They knocked off Sumter County 49-43, and those two teams have been going back and forth the entire season. But for the most part, you know, Dodge won two out of three against them. And Dodge, you know, no one really predicted this going into the season, but they are a, a very good team, a force to be reckoned with. They've got some guys that have made uh, big shots uh, throughout the season. Uh, Jada McClendon's a good player for them, a couple other guys that can really get after it. And um, they're going to be tough, and I think they're going to handle their business against Rutland. Bottom left-hand quadrant, North Cup Christian, 20-6, and six, a nine, number nine-ranked team in the state. They fall to the three-seat and have to travel to Redan, 15-8, and eight, the two-seat out of Region 5. I think Albert Wilson is a safety blanket for North Cobb Christian. There's not many teams that can really match up with him in the state. He's just so good at scoring from the high post, inside, can stretch the floor, shoot the three. He was a region player of the year for a reason out of Region 6, and he's got possibly the best shooter in the state in Christian Hernandez. He is a lights-out flirting with 50% from beyond the arc, and then Gabe Bolden. Once he became eligible, everything really changed for this team. Gives them a dynamic scoring punch to go along with C.J. Wallace in the backcourt. I like North Cobb Christian. Next up, Rock Mart, 15-13, four seed out of Region 7. They play Providence Christian, 23-4, Region 8 champs. Uh, and they are currently ranked number seven in the state. They move the ball extremely well, especially against the zone. They got plenty of shooters. Samuel Thacker has already set the school record for most threes in the season. Um, 
I like what Cameron Carroll does. He's another good player for them. Thomas Malcolm at about six foot three, six foot four, is their swingman athletic forward that can score with his left hand inside. They don't have a ton of size, but they're a bunch of really good guards. They're used to playing a very good schedule, and they should be able to handle Rockmart. Next up, Butler, Region 4, number 3, 17-9. They play Tatnall County, 16-11. Region 3, number 2, Butler, uh, currently ranked number 5 in the state of Georgia. They're traveling to Battle Creek. Tatnall County has had so many heartbreaking close shots. Um, Coach Quashon Davis has just been snake-bitten by all these tight losses, but they have been really good this year. Um, saw them play at my event at the Sandy Spiel shootout over there at Monroe area, and they took Christian Heritage into overtime, and Nook Pridgen, a big reason why. Uh, he's a really good senior guard, uh, can score the ball exceptionally well, uh, and they got some other guys. Shabar Carter plays really hard uh, for that team. Addison Malcolm, some good guys on this roster that really make this team compete, but they're playing a very good team, a very, very tough team. And Butler, and again, we talked about a team that has, you know, been through the ringer. They have really seen it all uh, coming out of that region. And Butler, remember, they're the um, the state runner-up last year, and they weren't expected to be this good. They graduated a lot off that team, but Roosevelt Brown has really stepped up. Deshaun Bolton, Belton has been good for them. Of course, they got Zyquan Grant, the little spark plug point guard, and I think they're just going to have a lot of options, and they're going to be able to grind one out. I think it's going to be close because that's what Tattnall County does is play close games, but I think Butler is just going to have enough coming from Augusta to pull it out and knock off a really good Tattnall County team. Next up, 10-18, and 18, Cook, four seed out of Region 1. They play Spencer. Spencer, 23-4, and four, Region 2 champs. Um... Number three in the state, defending champions. I believe they're, what were they in last year? In like 2A. Um, now they come up, or no, they're in 2A now. They're in 4A last year. They come down to 2A. Um, Spencer is a good team, but they've had some guys leave the program. I think they lost two key players. Um, I think two may have been starters, but they still have Tyson McDaniels, a six foot seven jumping jack, jumps out of the gym, great defensive player, does a lot for this team. They're going to overwhelm Cook, but losing some of these guys in the long run, I think, will hurt Spencer uh, long term. They haven't been uh, nearly as dominant as they were last year. They're still putting up a good record, twenty three and four, beating everyone they're supposed to beat. But um, I feel like something might be just quite missing for Spencer. Something small is missing for Spencer, but I do like them to win a few games in the state tournament. Top right-hand side, Fitzgerald 12-16, and 16, a three-seed out of Region 1. They play Central Macon 11-15, and 15, the two-seed out of Region 2. I think they're going to protect C's house over there at Central. I like the Chargers to advance. Next up, Thompson, 16-8, and 8, Region 4, number 4. They are ranked number eight in the state. They travel to Windsor Forest to play number six, Windsor Forest. Region three, number one champs, 21 and six. This is a rematch of last year's final four games, 60 to 53. They lost to Windsor Forest. Remember, Jakias Jones was hurt. I think got poked in the eye or something like that. Did not return to the game for Thompson, and they were still right there. Thompson has everyone back from last year's team. Windsor Forest does not have everyone back. Deontay Bass is not back, but Quan Anderson is, who did not play at the end of last season. He has been healthy this year. He's averaging close to almost 20 points per game. He's a really dynamic athlete, but 
Levanta Ivory is a really good guard. Uh, so Thompson, a lot of those key pieces are back, but it's going to start with Ivory and Jones in the backcourt, and I think they're going to beat Windsor Force. They have unfinished business from last year, and I do like Thompson even as a four seed. Obviously, incredibly battle-tested coming out of that Region 4. I like them to advance. Next up, Murray County 12 and 13, the three seed out of Region 7, travels to Union County, where I just visited recently. Region 8, number 2, Union County 18 and 9. I like Union County. I think they will win. They have great home court uh, environment there, great crowd. Uh, Hayden Hughes, all-time leading three-point shooter, single-season record holder this year. Uh, can really stroke it. Only a sophomore, I believe. Jude Ellis is a really good guard that can get downhill. Houston Henry is the one that really makes that team tick. He's a great pass-first playmaker. And then Eli Underwood underneath the basket, about six foot four, super strong, carves out space, scores inside. I like this Union County team, especially when you take into account Maddox Young is another option on the perimeter, and Cade Dockery is a really good defender, only a freshman. Murray County. Um, Tad Stone was an honorable mention pick for them. Uh, Avery Jones was a first-team selection, but uh, I don't think they're going to be able to come into Union County and win. I think it's going to be a fun game, but I think Union County, they can put points on the board, and I think they'll get enough stops to beat Murray County. Next up, Drew Charter, Region 6, number 4. They slipped all the way to the 4 seed. They're the 10th-ranked team in the state, and they play number 2, Columbia, 27-1, Region 5, number 1. Columbia has had a great season, but I will say they haven't played a lot of great opponents out of the region. They beat Miller Grove, ended up being a nice win. They beat Washington by 13, not bad at all. Uh, and then they split with Southwest Cab, which ended up being a really big game for them. But other than that, you know, not a whole lot, especially in the state. I know they went on a trip out of the country or to Hawaii or wherever they went and did pretty well over there. But as far as in-state Georgia opponents, non-region, I guess this last one, their biggest one, I almost overlooked it. 67-59 win over Tucker at Tucker was a good one. So uh, Columbia did uh, sprinkle in some wins uh, against some good opponents, uh, but mostly early on in the season. And then, uh, you know, Tucker and Southwest have the two, two toughest teams they've played. Uh, with all that being said, I like them to win. I think they have uh, so much size inside. And then those really athletic guards on the perimeter, Jaden Baugh is a really good player. Rashad Hedges as well. Travian Callaway's had a good season. Terrell Wright anchoring that team in the paint, blocking shots was a region player of the year for them. Um, so I think they're they're going to be able to beat Drew Charter, although Drew Charter with Cedric Taylor, he is a great player, a six foot six wing, just picked up a Georgia, color, uh, Georgia College offer. I like him a lot. Israel Meggett is uh, another all-region selection, a veteran on that team, and Eli Fisher, honorable mention to move in from Paulding County, but I think Columbia – wins this game. I think Drew Charter did themselves no favors by dropping to the four seed, and they're going to regret it losing to Columbia in the first round. Bottom right-hand side, Northeast Macon 12 and 14, Region 2, number 3, travels to Sumter County, Region 1, number 2, 18-8 overall. Sumter County got off to a slow start this year, but they have really picked it up, and I think they are going to be able to beat Northeast Macon, a team that you know has a lot of football players on the roster, doesn't have Travion Solomon, who graduated last year. So I do like this team to advance to the next round. I'm liking Sumter County. Next up, we have Vidalia, 
18 and 9, Region 3, number 4, against Westside Augusta, the defending state champs, Region 4, number 1, the number one seed in all of the state, even though they are 20 and 7. I like Westside to win this game. They just have so many options to choose from. Kalon Hudson is great. Um, Jalexis Ewing has a Hampton offer, an explosive athlete. Mari Tillman, the list goes on and on. DeMarco Middleton, Westside advances. Next up, Banks County. Uh, interesting game here. Banks County at North Murray. Banks County, Region 8, number 3, 19-9 versus North Murray, 22-3, Region 7, number 2. Banks County, their zone defense was picked apart by Providence, and what I saw, they're very bad at closing out on shooters. North Murray likes to shoot a lot of threes. They put up a lot of points, but the only difference is North Murray is doing it against some very, very bad competition in the northwest Georgia mountains. Banks County, Better ball being played in Northeast Georgia. I think that's been a trend on girls and boys basketball this year. Um, I think it's a tough matchup for Banks because, again, they play that 3-2 zone and they leave shooters open like crazy. And North Murray has a multitude of guys that can knock down outside shots. But I am going to go with Banks County. They have played better competition throughout the year. They do have a win over, uh, I think they beat uh, Providence Christian late in the regular season here. So they have done it against some good competition. Um, they're used to playing against teams that really let the ball, the three ball fly. So Providence Christian, I'm sure they'll learn from that. They gave up six threes in that first quarter against them. Um, but they can score with the best of them. Um, they put up 80 points in that win over Providence Christian and then lost 92-75 in the region tournament. But it's a team that likes to outscore you. They will play you in these shootout games. Banks County has no issue with that, and I think they will make enough shots. Aaron Scott, creative off the dribble, getting his teammates open. Uh, I think that will play a big role in this showdown. I like guys um, to step up, like Colby Watson, Mason Adams, and company. I think those guys are pretty good. Luke Dale had a good game recently. So I like Banks County to beat North Murray. Next up. Landmark Christian, 12 and 16, Region 5, number 4, versus South Atlanta, Region 6, number 1, the surprise team out of that region, 21 and 8. Um, they played pretty well this year. Just looking at what South Atlanta um, has been able to do throughout the season. Um, but they haven't really secured a ton of those wins against the top teams. Uh, they, they obviously got to where they needed to go, uh, getting this one seed. Uh, that you talk about South Atlanta, they did knock off Drew Charter in the semifinals and then beat Washington 64-60. to But against those teams, um, really during the regular season, they lost to Drew Charter. It looks like they got beat by them twice. And then they did split with North Cup Christian. So one in three against those teams. But when it mattered most, they were able to secure the one seed. And I think they're going to be able to secure a first-round victory over Landmark Christian, riding Stephen Moore, a strong forward, averaging 18 points and eight rebounds, and Deonta Harris, a nice perimeter player that puts up 12 points per game. I am going with South Atlanta. Now for my final four picks, we are going on the top left-hand side. I see Model playing Putnam County, and I think Putnam County has too much firepower, and they will defeat Model. Bottom left-hand side, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to let Providence to get past North Cobb Christian in the uh, Sweet 16, setting up a matchup with Spencer. Uh, I think both of those Sweet 16 games are going to be doozies. North Cobb Christian versus Providence, Butler versus Spencer, if it materializes that way, of course. Um, but I think Spencer 
beats Providence. I think they're just going to be a little bit too long and too good on defense, kind of take away those three-point looks that Providence likes to get. Top right-hand side, Thompson versus Columbia. I'm going with Columbia. I think their size and their athletic guards on the perimeter will be enough to beat a really uh, strong backcourt in their own right in Thompson. And bottom right-hand side, west side over South Atlanta. And that will set up Putnam County versus Spencer, Columbia versus Westside. Obviously, we see two teams from that really strong Region 4 area. I see Putnam falling to Spencer, and I see Westside beating Columbia. And I'm going with Westside, who returns pretty much everybody from last year's state title team. I have Westside defeating Spencer in the state championship. Now on to Class A, Division 1. This is a... This is a big classification to keep an eye on, uh, especially when you mix in the private schools with the public schools. If all these private schools come out of Region 6 and end up in the Final Four and just bloodbath the rest of these public schools, that's going to be a really, 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 really bad look for the GHSA when we talk about uneven playing fields. Um, So this will be... Uh, one to really keep an eye on. I know these, you know, you're looking at the the top four teams in the state by these final rankings. They're all in the same region and they're all private schools. Uh, We will see what the public schools have up their sleeve. Can they knock off these, these juggernauts from region six? We will see. Let's start on the top left-hand side, Prince Avenue, region five, number three versus region six, number two, Mount Pisgah, 19 and eight overall. The two, Number two ranked team in the state, Prince Avenue, is 13 and 14 overall. Mount Pisgah defeated Mount Bethel 58-51 and then lost 67-53 to Mount Vernon in the region championship. I have Mount Pisgah winning this game. Grant Randall was a huge transfer, bringing that great size, athleticism, dynamic player. But Micah Tucker is a stud, could be the best player in this entire classification. They will beat Prince Avenue. Next up, Elbert County, 3-25, the four seed out of Region 8, playing with house money after they were able to upset Commerce in the region tournament. Elbert County travels to Darlington, 23-3, Region 7, champs number 7 in the state. Darlington needs to be on upset watch now. Elbert County is athletic. They sometimes struggle with athletic teams because they do not see very many of them at all in that putrid Region 7 outside of them and uh, Chattooga. Um, but Darlington, they did try and schedule some some tough competition. I, they came to my event and played Cherokee and lost by about 20. And then I saw that they they lost uh, against Paulding County. Again, they led through three quarters. That would have been a nice signature win, but eventually that press kind of cracked them down and made them crumble. Um, I think Darlington will win this game. I, I like how deep they are, how many options, and Demarion Floyd, he, he, just, he has to be the best player uh, for Darlington every time out, and it can't be the best player for two quarters or for three and a half quarters. Demarion Floyd has to be the best player on the floor for Darlington the full 32 minutes of the game, and if he can do that and if he can be the best player for Darlington for the entirety of of the games and of these uh, state playoff run, then Darlington has a real chance of being one of those outliers, a, a private school that is not the juggernaut private school of making a deep run. But it's up to him on being able to do that for the full course of the game. He has help from Jack Bell, another player that uh, can score 
in spurts and has a strong frame as a guard on the perimeter. Uh, Simon Pollux is a good outside shooter, provides size at six foot five. Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. They're a very deep team. I expect them to beat Elbert County, but Elbert County, Boaz Goodman is a dangerous shooter, hit five threes, had 21 points against Tallulah Falls in that consolation game. And uh, Tristan Allen, Tristan Allen, uh, 15 points in that game. I believe he just scored a thousandth point of his career uh, is a threat. And then don't forget about Grady Jones, another kid that can space the floor and shoot the three. But Darlington, the better team all season long, 23-3 and versus 3-25. and Not much more to say about this game. Darlington should win this game, and they will win this game. Next up, we have two under 500 teams. Underwhelming, Bryan County, three seed out of Region 3, traveling to 8 and 16, Heard County, uh, the two seed out of Region 4. I like Bryan County in this game. Bryan County does have some talent on the roster. They have some guys that can really score the ball, uh, especially that's going to start with Elijah Mincy, who's a sophomore now, was a big-time scorer as a freshman. Really small guy, maybe about 5'9", 5'10", but can put the ball in the basket. Tanner Ennis is a first-team all-region selection as well. I like Bryan County to travel into Heard County and to secure a victory. Next up, Jefferson County, 9-19, Region 2, number 4, versus Irwin County. Region 1, number 1, 14-12, Irwin County. Got those football players out there on the floor at home. I think they take care of business and advance to the next round. Bottom left-hand side, Mount Vernon, or actually Mount Bethel, pardon me. So many mountains in Region 6. 19-7, Mount Bethel, the three seed. Uh, they are number three in the state. They will travel to Oglethorpe County 14 and 13, the two seed out of Region 5. I do like Oglethorpe County. Javon Pittard is a good score. Cole Appling, Sold, and Kirkland Ross is tough as well. They have a nice three-man nucleus. And Mount Bethel, um, Modial has left the program. Apparently might be shipping out of the country, so you lose your six foot nine impact player inside for Mount Bethel. Was not a good fit, apparently, but Mount Bethel Still has plenty of talent on the roster. Uh, it does not matter at all. They're going to be able to play more of a small ball lineup now. They have guys like James White, who's playing at the next level, is really, really tough. Uh, Jackson Bell is a really good guard. So it's going to run between those two guys. And then uh, Will Comedian is good. And then Cole uh, Cole Booker has had a, a really good season as well for this team as an inside-outside presence. So there is plenty left in the cupboard for this Mount Bethel team to make a very deep run, and I think that starts with them defeating Oglethorpe County on the road. Next up, Dade County, Region 7 and 4 seed, 14 and 13 versus Athens Christian, Region 8 champs at 15 and 9, cracked into the rankings at number 9. Uh, Athens Christian should win this game. Athens Christian is playing uh, very good basketball right now. Um, they have a team that is pretty balanced. Drew Beadle is a, a sharpshooter on the perimeter, but they've been getting a lot of production from guys like Harper, or actually, excuse me, Hampton Ford has been playing very well for them. Thrasher Wilkins, a sophomore, has come up big multiple times as well. So this Athens Christian team, uh, they secure the region championship by beating uh, Rabin County, uh, doing so at home at Athens Christian. Uh, Hampton Ford had 19 points in that game. 
DJ Walker had 14 points, and Thrasher Wilkins added 13. So Athens Christian playing good basketball. They should be able to beat Dade County. Next up, Crawford County. The three seed out of Region 4, 8 and 19. They travel to Savannah, 20 and 7. Region 3, number 2, Savannah is ranked number 8 in the state. I think Makai Joyner is going to be too much in this one, and Savannah will advance. Bottom left-hand side, Bacon County, 6-15, and 15, the fourth seed out of Region 1. Travels to 12-9, and 9, Swainsboro, Region 2, number 1, Swainsboro. Uh, better than the record suggests, they had to lose a couple games early due to their team making a run at the state finals in football where they lost to Prince Avenue. But Swainsboro is playing um, pretty good basketball right now. I think they're going to overwhelm Bacon County with their athleticism and advance to the next round. Top right-hand side, Pelham. 11 and 13, Region 1, number 3 seed. They will be traveling to East Lawrence. Region 2, number 2, East Lawrence is 16 and 10. East Lawrence um, came away with a big win in this region tournament, uh, playing against who they play. They beat Dublin 64 59 to get into that championship game where they lost to Swainsboro. Uh, East Lawrence, I saw them over the summer, actually. I saw them at Georgia College Team Camp, and I know they do have some talented players. They do have a nice little nucleus uh, when you talk about guys like Rashawn Washington averaging 16 points per game and Kyan Sneed, 12 points, Tylen Sneed, uh, I'm, I'm assuming they must be brothers, uh, 11 points per game. But really with Washington, that's where it starts with. He's a really talented player, uh, only a sophomore. Rashawn Washington is going to pop up on some Raiders coming up soon. Uh, I like East Lawrence to win this game. And I have them playing Woodville Tompkins. Woodville Tompkins, Region 3 champs, 18 and 9. They are ranked number 6 in the state. They play Lamar County, 8 and 17. Region 4, 4 seed. Woodville Tompkins should have no problem um, getting that victory. You have Alfonso Ross is really good. And then Wes Walker inside is a big body. I like Woodville Tompkins. Next up, Tryon, 13 and 11. The 3 seed out of Region 7 travels to Rabin County. Region 8, number 2, 15 and 11. I think Cooper Welch, Huey Blaylock and company, really good win inside. They're going to be too strong uh, offensive force, and if they go to that press, I think they're going to turn over Tryon multiple times. I like Rabin County to roll Tryon and advance to the Sweet 16. Now this game is a very interesting game. Kings Ridge, the four seed out of Region 6, 18 and 10 overall, ranked number 4 in the state, playing number 5 in the state, Social Circle, um, 17 and 10, the Region 5 champs. Social Circle, they've been a volatile team this year. Guys coming into the lineup, leaving the roster, coming back, in and out, in and out. But when they have all their guys, they're really good. And it starts with Lamarius Jackson. He can flat out play. LJ is very good. A guy that's clearly averaging over 20 points per game easily this year. He was a predicted uh, breakout candidate this year, and Lamarius Jackson has not let me down. A great score, um, really fills it up from all over, has become a terrific three-point shooter, can take over games. He is going to be a factor in this game. And I think a couple other players, Quindarius, uh, Jackson, his brother, the twin, he's a great offensive rebounder. He's really athletic. He gets after you. Deshaun Hyman has had a good season. And then you can't forget about the big guy inside, a really key factor, A.J. Vincent. You dust him off. He can really put people underneath the rim. 
This game is going to come down to toughness. I think Social Circle is going to be a tougher team than Kings Ridge, and I think they're going to give them everything they want to handle and more. And this game is going to be in Social Circle. It is going to be a hostile environment. Social Circle is known for having some um, some um, things happen in the stands. They really get into these games. It is going to be very different for Kings Ridge. It is not something they have seen very much of at all this season, especially in the private schools. Um, I think Social Circle is going to bring the fight. They're going to out-tough Kings Ridge for the majority of the game, but I think Kings Ridge, somehow, someway, they're going to just find a way to manufacture this victory. Uh, they're going to hit enough outside shots with Isaac Martin. I think William Job, it's now or never. He needs to step up big time, the six foot ten floor spacer. I think he could play a big role in this game. Zach Thomas has been good. Jack Thomas has been good. I think Kings Ridge, close. I think they pull away late. They squeeze out a victory over a super tough social circle team. But I would not be surprised if the Redskins plant their foot down and really send a statement to all the private schools in this classification that the public teams are here to stay. Um, but I think Kings Ridge right now, even though Kings Ridge has been a little bit disappointing at 18 and 10, uh, they're still a really, really good team. And I think they have just enough gas in the tank to get out of Walton County alive. Next up, Dublin, 19-7, and seven, the three-seed in Region 2. They have faltered as of late. They play Brooks County, 7-20, two-seed out of Region 1. That's pretty bad for a two-seed at 7-20 record-wise. I think Dublin will handle their business and not regret losing and falling to that 3-4 line. I think Dublin is still a tough team, and I think they'll be able to secure the victory on the road. Next up, Screven County, 8-18, eight and 18, Region 3, number 4. They go to Temple, Region 4, number 1, Temple, 22-5. and five. Again, Temple, uh, you know, playing in a not super strong region certainly hurts their resume as far as making it into the, the uh, top 10. I mean, you're talking about Temple in a region that has, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, only might just have like four teams in there. So not a whole lot of competition um, to go on, but Temple has been good this year. Very good coach, uh, and Coach Cottrell does a really good job defensively, really can scheme up people, and they have a couple players that have come up big. Amon Jackson is one of their better players on the team this year, and I think Temple will handle Scriven County. Next up, Tallulah Falls, 17-9, Region 8, number 3, versus Chattooga. 17-9, Region 7, number 2, Chattooga back into the top 10. At number 10, they played Darlington pretty close. They ran out of gas in that fourth quarter, but lost 61-49. Tallulah Falls was great, or so we thought to start the season. They started off really hot, then really fell apart down the stretch. Anthony Hanna is going to be a huge issue for Chattooga to deal with, a six foot six uh, combo forward. Uh, he had 32 points, 11 rebounds in that win over Elbert County in the 3-4 game. But mind you, Elbert County, uh, they led by as many as eight points at the 432 mark in the third quarter. And, uh, you know, Elbert County, they're a three-win team. They're 3-25. and They had Tallulah Falls on the ropes before getting outscored 25-6 to in the fourth quarter. Um, so Tallulah Falls... They really need to put together a complete game. Can't be coming from behind. Vlad Popescu is a good shooter. Had 17 points, hit five threes. But Chattooga at Chattooga, Jared Gross will have um, a good game plan. Tallulah Falls really is up and down this year. Chattooga has been fairly steady. They have Damian 
Smith back, who did not play in the first half of the season, an added three-point shooter. They have um, Dan Meyer had had a, has had a really good season for them as well. I like him. He was a first-team All-Region selection. Uh, Chatuga Brady Gross, a good rebounder inside, and they have a lot of other key factors that you know play. Uh, well, Quarry Gibson is a good one. They just have a lot of guards that they can throw at you. Trey Smith's a, another talented player, uh, and they will shoot a lot of threes. They play really hard, and I think Tallulah Falls are not going to be athletic enough for Chatuga. It's going to be a tough environment. Anthony Hanna is going to have to put on his Superman cape. I think he can do that, but I think Chatuga will just have enough to knock off Tallulah Falls and advance to the Sweet 16. Lastly, Jasper County, 10 and 16, the four seed out of Region 5 versus Mount Vernon, number one in the state. Region 6 champs, 20 and 8 overall. They're massive. Such a big roster with Keith Williams, six foot eight, going to Maryville. Probably could have played at a higher level than that. High academic, smart kid, big body inside, puts you underneath the basket. Xavier Chigog at six foot six has found his niche playing within 10 feet of the rim. Highly active guy. Um, I could list the entire roster. Dennis Scott's a six foot ten shooter. They got everything. Mount Vernon will win this game. On to my final four picks. Can anybody crack Region Six? Well, on that top left hand side, we have Mount Pisgah versus Irwin County. I feel like in that top left hand quadrant, uh, it's either going to be Mount Pisgah or Darlington. The rest of that bracket, you're looking at the other four teams to choose from. Bryan County is 12 and 16, coming out of a a region uh, that was dominated by Savannah and Woodville Tompkins. They're 12 and 16. You're looking at Heard County and Region 4, the two seed. Region 4, not good. They were 8 and 16. Jefferson County, the four seed out of Region 2. They were just 9 and 19. Um, that region was won by Swainsboro. Uh, Dublin was in there as well. Um, 9 and 19, four seed. Not great. And then Irwin County wins Region 1 at just 14 and 12. It's just not a lot there. Now, it's going to be super tough environments if you have to travel to Irwin County, but Mount Pisgah, if they knock off Darlington, Mount Pisgah will beat Irwin County or whoever they play in advance to the Final Four. So there is one team out of Region 6 in the top four, the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, Mount Bethel versus Savannah is the matchup I foresee happening. I think Mount Bethel wins Obviously, if they have to go to Savannah, that'll be a tough place to play. But Mount Bethel, they've played a lot of good teams. They have really good guards. I think they can handle that athleticism of Savannah. And remember, Savannah is a far cry from Woodville Tompkins. I know they played them a little closer in that region championship, but Woodville Tompkins smacked Savannah twice badly by like 25 points plus earlier in the season. They really destroyed them. So you're not even seeing the best team coming out of Savannah. So Mount Bethel to the Final Four. That's two teams out of Region 6. Top right-hand side, I see Woodville aforementioned Woodville Tompkins against Kings Ridge. I like Woodville Tompkins' toughness. I could see Alfonso Ross getting downhill and getting to the bath. I could see uh, Jonathan Pickering uh, doing some things on the perimeter as a small guard that can help score and help facilitate. But... I think Kings Ridge is going to be tough. Again, that team executes so well. They have so many shooters that can space the floor. They've seen a lot of good competition throughout the year. I have Kings Ridge making it to the final four. That is three teams out of Region 6 now. And lastly, who could stop this Region 6 landslide? Dublin. Dublin versus Mount Vernon. 
Unfortunately, Mount Vernon is a number one ranked team in the state. They're the best of the bunch in Region 6. I have Mount Vernon making it a complete sweep. Region 6 all in the Final Four, which would not be good for the state. That would be a very bad look for the GHSA to see uh, private schools dominate like this. But this is what they wanted. And let's see if Region 6 obliges and gives them what they did not necessarily probably want to see with the level of competition here but region six has been that good all season long they've been you know had five teams in the poll at one time but either way mount Pisgah versus mount bethel on the left side of the bracket that would obviously be a rematch of let's see mount Pisgah versus mount bethel mount Pisgah just beat mount bethel in that semifinal game 58 51 and i have mount best uh, mount Pisgah advancing back to the region uh, to the state championship excuse me mount pisgah state championship berth and on the other side kings ridge versus mount vernon i see mount vernon winning this game mount vernon beat kings ridge 53 48 in the semifinals recently i have mount vernon winning just too big and good enough guard play too many athletes and then i have mount vernon beating Mount Pisgah in a rematch of the Region 6 championship, which Mount Vernon won 67-53. I have Mount Vernon capturing the state title. And now lastly, we finally move on to Class A Division II public schools. Again, the GHSA. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, you better hope it's not an all-private school final or that is going to look bad again. But let's see. What we have now that we have privates and publics mixed in, especially on this smallest level. Top left-hand side, GMC 12 and 14, Region 5, number 3. They travel to Manchester, 20 and 5, Region 6, Team 2. Manchester is uh, number 7 in the state. Good team, got some big bodies inside. Uh, Jaiwan Gray is a big body that can really score around the basket. I was able to watch Manchester play last year. They are a physical team. Uh, he's uh, a factor in this game. Um, you got a couple other good players that really make this team go. Uh, Elijah Juan Wright is a good one as well for Manchester. So they do have some talented players that can put the ball in the basket. Um, and Darius Bryant has uh, really springy legs, really athletic kid that plays bigger than his size. So I, I do like Manchester to win this game. Next up, Towns County, 17 and 11, Region 8, number 4, traveling to Green Forest, 17 and 7, Region 7 champs, number 1 in the state. Green Forest wins this game. Next up, Region 3, Team 3, McIntosh County Academy, 13 and 15 versus Hawkinsville. The Region 4, number 2 seed, Hawkinsville came into that region tournament as the five seed and upset Wilcox by 20 and then defeated number one Telfair, uh, ended up playing Dooley County in the region championship. So Hogginsville at 11 and 12, they're the two seed. I think they're going to lose at home to McIntosh County Academy. I think MCA has seen some pretty decent teams because they're on the outskirts of town near that Savannah region. So they kind of catch some shrapnel from them, but it helps them cut their teeth. And I think that's going to help them move on to the next round. Next up, Atco, Atkinson County, the four seed out of Region 2 versus Calhoun County, 23 and 4. Region 1 champs, number 6 in the state. Calhoun County will run Atkinson County out of the gym, especially at home. Calhoun County, Cougars to the next round.
Bottom left-hand quadrant, Chatco, 21-6, Chattahoochee County, the three seed out of Region 6 versus Hancock Central, 14-8, Region 5, number 2. Hancock Central, unranked, Chattahoochee County is currently ranked number 10. I am going with Hancock in this game. Hancock is a proud program, a good program, and when you really dive deep, I know 14-8 and eight, off rip, that's, that's not a lot of games. You've got to play more freaking games. I hate seeing these public schools barely fill out the dang schedule. It's not good. Uh, but either way, they're 14-8. and eight. They were 8-2 and two in the region. But look at the teams they have played in the non-region schedule. They are, as they say, battle-tested. They lost by one point on the road at Putnam County in overtime. Tell me that's not a good result because it really is. Putnam County, uh, number four in the state in Class 2A. What else did they do? Um, they lost at Baldwin 68-55. That's when Baldwin had all their best players. Their top two leading scorers were playing back then. Uh, they lose again to Putnam, this time at home, but only 58-52 again, another close game. Uh, they lose at home to Baldwin again, 61-47. So right there, their first four losses of the season are against good state playoff teams that were at full strength back then. We fast forward. We get a win over uh, Warren County, 79-70, the Region 8 champion. So they, they handle their business against them. Um, they lose by two points at Trutland, but then they bounce back and uh, you know they, they play some other opponents, but they do also lose at Wilkinson County, 57-49. But again, Wilkinson County, that's a Region 5 champ. That is who they go up against in that region. That is a good team. I know they weren't able to clip them, but they played pretty well against uh, Wilkinson County. Then again, they play Wilkinson County this time in Sparta. They only lose by two points, 62-60. to And then fast forward to the Region Championship, uh, they lose 70-58. to All that being said, Hancock Central, other than a Trutland loss, uh, they have no bad losses. I, I would be daring to say that those are all really good losses. Hancock Central is good. Hancock Central is going to beat Dexter Holloway and this um, Chattahoochee County team, I think. They are battle-tested. I know Chattahoochee County is coming from a, a, com- a competitive region as well, Region 6, uh, with the likes of Macon County is really good in Manchester. But Hancock Central is legitimately good and Hancock Central uh, they have a kid that will score the ball uh, extremely well and that kid's name is Deontay Lowe averaging over 26 points per game he carries his team Hancock Central is good I got the Bulldogs going to the Sweet 16. Next up we got Southwest Atlanta Christian the four seed out of Region 7 9 and 15 versus Warren County 21 and 5 Region 8 champs uh, I think we will see a rematch of that Warren County-Hancock Central game I mentioned before. Uh, Southwest Atlanta Christian was decimated by transfers in the offseason. Uh, Warren County not quite at the level they were last year. Region 8's pretty not great, but it's, it's solid enough to say that winning that region is, a, is an accomplishment. So I do like Warren County to make it to the next round. Warren County versus Hancock, round two, round two. Telford County, 20-5, and five, the three-seed out of Region 4. Again, they really dropped the ball by getting upset by Hawkinsville, and that really you know, puts a damper on, on their prospects. Um, they're 20-5, and five, the three-seed out of Region 4. They travel to Jenkins County, 21-6, and six, Region 3, Team 2. 
Jenkins County. They hung with Portal a few times. They lost to Portal 61-50 in the region championship. I like Jenkins County to win this game. I think Jenkins County does have a, a nice cast of characters. James Allen was a first-team all-region selection, along with Marcus Golfin, a guy that plays on the football field as well, a really good athlete. And Demontre Moore helps round out that attack. So I like Jenkins County to advance to the next round, where they will see either Early County 13-16, and 16, Region 1, Team 4, or Charlton County 25-2, and 2, Region 2, Team Number 1, Charlton County, is a team with a sparkling record. That is most definitely for sure. And they have one of the elite shooters in the nation. I mean, he, he, he takes a ton of them. Jarvis Wright averages over 20 points per game. He is a high-volume shooter, but he makes a ton of them. He has already knocked in, let's see how many threes. He's made 149 threes. 149 threes. But that's pretty much all he takes when you break it down. He's attempted 67 two-point field goals, 425 three-point field goals. Shooting at a 35% rate, really good, but he has really turned into just a specialist. He is only going to shoot threes. Um, so that makes it, you know, if you're an opposing team, run him off the line, right? That, that makes, makes sense to me. Uh, make him put the ball on the floor and get to the foul line where he's an excellent free throw shooter at 81%. Um, but he really does want to stand outside and shoot threes, and he is really, really good at it. Uh, but Elias King, uh, Elias Williams, uh, he is a very important uh, factor inside at about six foot seven, a big powerhouse on the football field uh, and on in the basketball court. He is a uh, can tear down rims, seventeen points, thirteen rebounds, four blocks per game. So you have a, a an interior monster in. Uh, Elias, if that's how you pronounce his first name. If not, I apologize. Williams, and then you got the great shooter in Jarvis right outside. The only problem with Charlton County, um, Region 2 is bad. There's no way around it. If you are a subscriber to Sandy Spiel, uh, I really went in-depth on that region. It's a bad region, and they didn't really do enough non-region. They tried to. I mean, Pike County is terrible every single year. Lithia Springs had a really bad year. Randolph Clay was a solid 30-point victory. Uh, they lost to Calhoun County at Calhoun County by five points, uh, which is not a bad result whatsoever. They lost by five points to Clinch County, uh, but they ended up winning this region tournament. Uh, long story short, Charlton County wins, and Charlton County uh, will advance to the next round. But again, 25-2, and two, not an overly great schedule, but I think I've seen enough, and I know uh, they have enough individual talent between Williams and Wright to be for real. Top right-hand side, Randolph Clay, who we just mentioned that was beaten by 30 points at one point in the season by Charlton County. Not even in that region, but Randolph Clay, 17-12, and 12, the three-seed out of Region 1. They play Turner County, 16-12, two-seed out of Region 2. I have Randolph Clay winning this game, moving us on down to Trutland, 13-15, and 15, Region 4, number 4, playing against Portal. Uh, boy, oh boy, Region 3, team number 1, Portal, 26-1, Portal, Number three in the state of Georgia. If you remember, uh, these teams have bad blood. Uh, they have not yet played this year. Uh, remember last year, there was a brawl between these two teams, and Trutland kind of screwed up portal season because they had guys in and out of the lineup throughout the year serving suspensions. 
that is something to keep an eye on. I think Portal should kick, uh, beat down Trutland, and especially if they remember what happened last year, I feel like that's a, you know, something that would probably stick in their crawl with how that all played out. But even in last year's games, they won 76-63, and then they played again. And, uh, well, looks like they just played that one time last year. So they beat them in the one game last year, cost them a couple of their players due to uh, uh, the suspensions and all that. But uh, I like Portal to win this game, and I think they're going to win by double digits. I think Portal's very, very good. Okay, next up, Fulton Leadership Academy, Region 7. Three seed, they're ten and nine overall. They play Aquinas, Region Eight, number two, eighteen and nine overall. Uh, when you really look at again, only nineteen games played. It's ridiculous. But Fulton Leadership Academy, they've played big schools and they have competed uh, pretty well. When you break it down, like they played Cumberland Christian Academy, they lost by three points in overtime. They lost by two points to Elka. They beat Landmark Christian, a state playoff team, by one point. Uh, they played, uh, let's see here, who else did they play? They played uh, Monday's Mill, lost to them by one point in double overtime. They only lost by four points to Green Force at Green Force, 69-65. They beat East Coweta by two points. Uh, they had a bad loss to W.D. Muhammad. Uh, they only lost by four points to Christian Heritage, and then they only lost to Christian Heritage again by seven points um, in the region tournament. This Fulton leadership team is actually pretty good. They are a dangerous team. RJ Weingartner is averaging over 17 points per game and six rebounds. Uh, he's a factor at six foot six. You got Rashawn Ford, a senior guard who has been through been through a lot. He's uh, you know one of their better players as well, averaging close to 13 points per game. And then you have the super senior himself, Amir Green Jones, very well traveled. I think this may be his fourth or fifth school, but He's eligible, and he's providing 14 points per game, and he is a a talented scorer, and he is a threat, and he has really helped make this Fulton leadership uh, team dangerous. And I like FLA to win this game and to advance to the next round. I think they go into Aquinas, they go into that little gym in Augusta, and they come out with the win. FLA is a team not to sleep on at all. Be very worried about Fulton Leadership Academy. Next up, we have Greenville. 13-9, 13-9, and nine, Region 6, Team 4, Wilkinson County is Region 5 champs, 21-6. Wilco is number 4 in the state, as they always do. They play a super tough schedule. They battle test themselves, and uh, they're going to beat Greenville, and they're going to have a chance to go very deep into this state tournament. Bottom right-hand side, Clinch County, 19-6, and six, Region 2, number 3. They play Region 1, number 2, Mitchell County, 23-4. and four. Mitchell County is the 8th seed in the state rankings ranked eight i guess is what you would say um this mitchell county team they were defeated by calhoun county in the region championship 53 46 they split throughout the year um and then obviously calhoun county won that rubber match but mitchell county's tough uh clinch county coming from region two again uh they already slipped to the three seed i think region two and you know what they've seen outside of that region Clinch County hasn't played anyone good at all, and I think that's going to come back to really hurt them, and I think Mitchell County defeats them. Next up, Montgomery County, 11-17, Region 3, number 4, versus Dooley County, Region 4, number 1, 14-9. Dooley County uh, didn't get off to a very good start and kind of was 
fledgling. I know I had them in the top 10, I want to say, at one point to open up the season, but that never quite developed for them. Uh, but look where they're at now. They take that one seed. Uh, they get some help from some other teams in doing so with uh, Telford County getting upset by Hawkinsville, giving them a much easier road. Um, but Dooley County, they have Bull Hall. He can score the ball in bunches. Uh, they have shown an ability to play some good teams close. They lost to Crisp County, a larger school, by five points. They lost to Wilkinson County by uh, five points. And then at Macon County, they lost by 12. So they're a competitive team. Uh, they lost by eight when they hosted Macon County. So they can play with some of these better squads in the state. Uh, and I think Dooley County is going to advance to the next round and beat Montgomery County. Next up, Lincoln County, 15 and 12, Region 8, number 3 versus Christian Heritage, Region 7, Team 2, number 2 in the state, pretty much all season long at 22 and 2. Jax Abernathy in an unstoppable score. Um, you got Cash Hare at the point forward position, dissecting defenses. I mean, Christian Heritage is averaging about 10 threes per game. And they're very well disciplined, and you know some teams may take them lightly, but they're going to be in trouble. Uh, Christian Heritage will win this game. They are a for real state title contender in this classification. And lastly, Tugs County, Region Five four seed at eight and twenty. They play Macon County, twenty five and two. Region Six number one. Macon County is ranked number five in the state. Macon County won their region championship by beating Manchester seventy to sixty eight. Um, they're going to win this game against Twigs, and that's going to set up a very interesting matchup with Christian Heritage playing Macon County. Um, Christian Heritage is going to start seeing these, these rural, small school teams that play extremely hard and have a lot of football players that didn't quite see a ton of that in Region 7 because they were mixing there with Green Force and some more traditional you know, Atlanta-based like private schools. Um, but that's something I want to see Christian Heritage going to a hostile environment in the class 1A Division II playoffs, that will be fun to check out. But I do have Macon County and Christian Heritage hooking up in the second round. So now it's time for my final four picks. Top left-hand side, a matchup that I was thinking, like, if Green Forest could get caught, could it be a team like this? Green Forest versus Calhoun County. Calhoun County plays super fast. They press, at least if they still do what they did last year where they had great success. They press the entire game. Uh, they push the ball up the court. They get a ton of open corner threes in transition. That's how they were so good last year. Now, they do lose their two top players from last year's team, so they don't have quite as much firepower. But Josiah Suber is a good player, and they do have some very talented athletes on the floor that can make that offense click, and they go, 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 go. I think Green Force with that size, their guard play isn't uh, as good as it's been in the past five years, but it's solid enough, and I think with DK Manuel... Going to Georgia State at about six foot eleven, and then of course Guy Chol going to Mississippi State at seven foot. Anything in the paint is going to be altered by those guys, and if they can pass the ball, get it up top to them in the press, and look over top the defense, I think Green Force can break the press. I think Green Force will win this game, but I'm very, very, very curious to see how these these small schools do against a private school with seven footers like Green Force. What do they do? Can they concoct a game plan? Can public schools rise up and knock off the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite, the Giants in Green Force? I want to see how that plays out. I have Green Force advancing to the Final Four, though. Left-hand side, bottom left-hand side, Hancock Central versus Charlton County is what I have happening. And I think Charlton County, I think they'll – 
I think they bow up, especially if that game's going to be at home. They have home court advantage. I think the inside-out duel of Williams and Wright could be enough to beat a Hancock Central team that is very battle-tested, much more battle-tested than Charlton County. But I do think Charlton County, they squeeze their way into the Final Four. Top right-hand side, I see a collision course between Portal and Wilkinson County. Round three. Remember last year, Wilkinson County eliminated Portal in the state playoffs. This year, what did Portal do? They swept Wilkinson. They won 65-62 at the Palace. Then they won 67-59 at Portal. This is a real coin flip game, meaning that the coin flip is going to be a big factor Does the bottom side of the bracket get the home court advantage or not? Will Portal have to play at Wilkinson County in the Elite Eight? That will be very difficult if they have to play at the Palace. I know they've won there in the regular season, but that would be really tough in the Elite Eight. But if Portal is able to um, conduct that and get that home court advantage in the Elite Eight, that's obviously going to benefit them greatly. I think Wilkinson County has better home court advantage than Portal does. Uh, But needless to say, I think Portal wins this game. It's extremely tough to beat a good team three times. But Amir Jackson, 6'5 inside workhorse, D1 football player. You have the other junior and Elijah Coleman, a great playmaking guard that gets downhill. And then lastly, to round out the crew is Jojo Thomas, Joseph Thomas. He can be absolutely lights out from the perimeter and win them games by himself like he did against Forest Park earlier in the season that I witnessed. This could be this junior class's last ride. A lot of those kids are playing football. I don't know if they're going to come back their senior season or not. Would love for them to. Who knows? But this could be the last go-around for the Portal Panthers. I think they make it to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, Mitchell County versus Christian Heritage is what I foresee, and I just think Christian Heritage, until one of these teams beats them, I think they're too disciplined. I think Jax Abernathy is just going to pour in points on these guys, and I think they have Isaac Plavich can help space the floor. Dante Crowder is a really strong sophomore that provides size on the wing. I think Christian Heritage brings that style of play into these tough places to play, and I think they come out alive, and I think Christian Heritage advances to the final four so you have green force versus charlton portal versus christian heritage i have green force beating charlton and i have christian heritage eking it out against portal and i see round three green force versus christian heritage of course these two teams have hooked up multiple times already this season round one was a really close game uh, and that was the final game of the regular season uh, we saw Christian Heritage fall to Green Force 74-66. And then in the region championship, Green Force extended that uh, margin of victory 74-58. So round three in the region championship, I think Green Force has just been a heavy favorite all year long. If Green Force does not win the state title, something very, very wrong is going on over there. Uh, but I think they will win and Green Force will repeat as state champs. And that is a wrap up for the Bracketology of the boys ghsa state playoffs now i have to go and hurry and decide what game i am going to tomorrow thank you for listening i will see you in the gym